Pumpkins and Pals, and there's also therapy too. I wasn't recording that part. Well, I was recording the um on Zoom, but anyways, with there's a lot going on. So <laughs> uh. This week has like well, the last couple of months I feel have just been kind of awful. Just like awful. Yeah. I just feel like depressed and anxious and tired all of the time. And I just like want to cry all the time. <laughs> you need a break. And I really want Vegas to be that. Like, I know that we've got to plan things and, and shit, but I do want Vegas yeah. to partially be, uh, you know, like we're mm-hmm. here to have a good time. We're here to not worry about our work. We're here to yeah. not stress out about shit that we're usually stressed out about, you know? Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, hopefully it can be that. Um, I think that I am kind of getting on the acceptance level of not being like fully like everything's perfect. You know mm. what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it just won't be. It just won't be. And there's too many people for it to be perfect. So yep. <laughs> there's like too many cooks in the kitchen or whatever. So but it's going to be fun and I'm excited. So yeah, we will move on. Um, OK, Freddy Spaghetti. Freddy Spaghetti. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, by the time this comes out, it will have been, I believe, two weeks um, that the school shooting happened mm-hmm. in Uvalde. I don't know how to pronounce it um, in the Texas school shooting. Uvalde was the um, city that it was based in. And um, it's close I, to Navarro, right? Oh, I don't know, actually. Okay. Um, not sure, but, um, I had a recap already about, uh, Ron giving April a gun about the background checks as we were wondering about Walmart giving background checks. Um, and then I texted you and you said you had one too, which was like Mm -hmm. really ironic. Um, but yeah, it's just, um, I think that it's kind of, uh, not good but it will be interesting because by the time this comes out there people will probably have moved on from the news cycle and which is really sad but that's just the reality that we're living in that every Mm -hmm. single day there's something shitty happening um and so i really uh just wanted to tell people where you can help still because this Mm -hmm. is unfathomable and makes me want to cry every single time i talk about it but it's important and we need to talk about it. Um, so if you uh, are interested in thinking about what you can do at this very second, at this very moment, um, you can text ACT, A-C-T, to the number 64433, and I will put it in the show notes as well, and I'll tag uh, Every Town, which is the organization that that's sponsored through or that goes through. Um, and it'll send you a link And then you put in your information and your email address and you can put in your zip code and it will send you a link to um, fill out an already filled out email, basically. uh, And then you just click send. So you fill out all your information uh, and then your zip code will lead you to the your senators or your um, like your Congress people. And then they will it'll it's already filled out for you. So you can just click send and it's as easy as that. Uh, And then you can also uh, by the time this comes out June, uh, it'll be a couple of days that you've got left now. Um, June 11th, they are doing another March for Our Lives event all across the country. So if you are interested in finding out where you can march 
Um, it you can text nine five four nine five four. Um, so you text March the word March to nine five four nine five four, and uh, you put in your zip code again, and then you put in like the radius of how many miles you are willing to travel kind of thing and it'll tell you things in your area uh if you're in nashville i looked it up and it's gonna be i don't know if people did it last time but where um it was four years ago that it happened um the first one that, that i went to anyway and it was in the same place it's in central um i took a screenshot of it actually it's in it's usually at like where your city hall is or where like your downtown is um and so ours in Nashville is the Nashville Public Square Park. Um, so if you're in Nashville, go do that. Um, it's where they have live on the green and stuff like that and the Pride Parade and all that. So if you, it's, uh, I believe it's from 10 to noon. No, 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 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Um, and that could change depending on where you are. But that's going to be Saturday, June 11th. So please um, look out for that if you are free that day. Um, but I just want, I really encourage people to um, think about this because I know for me anyway, it's really hard for me to donate money because I am poor. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I know a lot of people struggle with that. But if you don't have money, there are still things you can do to uh, help and to move the needle. It doesn't seem like it's helping when you email your senators or when you call your senators because sometimes you leave a voicemail or like these emails. Um, it seems like it's going into the void, but I know that they read them. I've read a lot of podcasts and done a lot or read, listened to a lot of podcasts uh, with senators that and Elizabeth Warren on Busy Phillips doing her best. Like she says, yeah, we read them like we get tons and tons and tons. They have staff that is reading them. So like it seemed and the more you like make put it on your to do list for like a weekly chore like or and I will also uh, encourage people to text your friends because as much as social media is great for posting that kind of stuff it doesn't always help because people are scrolling and they're clicking in their stories and everything and just today I texted three of my um, friend groups and I think three out of three out of the people or maybe four actually some of them did it but then they didn't tell me until later so like they could be doing it and just not saying it but um three people told or four people told me that they actually did it whereas I wouldn't have known that if I was just posting on social media you know and it just it makes a difference if you're talking about it so even though it's really um frustrating and like sickening and I know you're tired I know we're all so tired uh, but I just this can't wait you know, it just mm-hmm. can't. And so if you need to put it on your to-do list or bookmark something, bookmark um, every town. Also, States Project is a great place to follow. Again, I'll put all of these uh, in the show notes and on our Instagram where you can start a giving circle and you can have your friends donate. And I have donated like five dollars, even five. And it seems like it doesn't help. But I'm telling you, it does five to ten dollars. Mm-hmm. It actually does, because if you get 20 people to do that or however many people, it adds up. And for these campaigns that um, we're running, Democrats are running against Republicans that are fighting Republicans that are fighting to keep uh, having no background checks. Um these democratic campaigns are grassroots and they need our help. So um, I just want to convince people to at least try. I'm not trying to take away guns. I just, I would like that to make very clear that argument has never been on the table. Uh, We just want background checks. I really don't understand why it's so hard to understand that, but 
I would love a psychological evaluation done as well, if I'm being completely honest. Oh, yeah, of each person? Mm-hmm. That would be a great idea. I'd love that too. Because yeah. if you feel like you don't, you shouldn't, you wouldn't pass, you you don't need to have a gun. Yeah. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I th- the other the other issue is, right, I mean, I live in a state where guns are, and you do too, like where guns are just like people carry them. Like mm-hmm. I will go to into people's houses and there are guns on people's hips. And mm-hmm. I did not grow up in a place where that was okay. So honestly, I still do get a little scared when that happens. As you should um, be. Yep. I get yeah. it. Um, but that's something that literally we have to do sometimes when we create crisis and safety plans for people who are suicidal mm-hmm. is we have to say, we have to tell parents to lock their guns up. Yeah. And we don't have to tell all parents that because some people already have it locked up. But I think that's, I think I didn't, you know, I haven't done a lot of research into this, but the Sandy Hook shooting and and this one sound very similar that not necessarily was it their gun, but, mm, yeah. you know, at least the Sandy Hook one, I know that wasn't his gun. He got it from his grandma and it was, yeah. he, it was accessible to him. So that's the other, yeah. the other thing that I think is just important, like that's gun so safety. True. So, and I think that's, that's where it really came for me, right, is I was I was remembering because I was listening to Master Plan two today, mm-hmm. and um, I think I was just remembering when we talked about that you, we did talk we talked about background checks right mm-hmm. and that and that at least Ron was being safe yeah right but we don't have and people not giving falling April through. that gun under the table or anything like right. that he wanted her to get licensed and whatnot right still not a great gift but <laughs> <laughs> but you know what he's doing more than a lot of people are and absolutely I think that's that's where the issue is so. Um, I have not done done it yet because I've been in and out of sessions all day, but I will be once we're off today. It's on my to-do list to to send that form through. So um, oh, yeah. if everybody else could too, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. And um, there's also a bunch of resources um, to States Project is the one where you go on their website and you type in your address and your zip code and it will give you a list of all of the uh, representatives in your area. Because um, and I did this with um, when the Roe v. Wade was um uh, leaked that draft opinion was leaked and I looked that up and I just figured out who because it's going to be state it's state uh, laws as well yes Congress but these state laws and these local legislatures are really where we're going to come into trouble with all of this because even though some are federal a lot of these gun laws and abortion laws and all that stuff are at the state level so mm-hmm. we need to be voting in people that are going to protect our rights and also just give us life let us live let us fucking live maybe i don't know like that doesn't seem so hard to me it's it's simple really um but it is hard to be a citizen i think that we're sold this thing of like this is it's really easy to just like go vote and it's not to me it's not because you have to be educated you have to know what you're talking about you know what i mean yeah so um Anyways, but yeah, so again, you can text ACT to 64433 and then text MARCH to 954-954 um, to figure out where you are going to be um, marching in your area. Um, there's something else I was going to say, though, about... Oh, you were talking about you go into kids' um, homes with like mm-hmm. guns on their hips for the parents have them and stuff. Um, Busy Phillips was talking about her... Um, what you call it? Um her parents like she's a parent and like she was you know she'll have playdates or whatever um and the gal who runs every town uh was on her podcast and said that uh she was speaking at some convention or whatever and she said 
you know, now when I have play dates, I ask the parents like, uh, or I tell the parents, hey, I don't have guns in my home. There will be no like discrepancy or whatever. And then people will allow busy asks and Casey, the other one who hosts the producer of the show hosts that hosts it with busy um, asks the parents like, do you have guns in your home before they go to the play date? And I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Like as mm-hmm. someone that has kids or, or like, do you have guns in your home or are they locked up? And there it was really a good uh, argument or not argument, but just a good clapback. I will, uh, I'll say, because Casey said, um, do you have guns in your home to this parent? And this parent was like, oh, this is awkward because they did. Mm-hmm. And Casey was like, well, imagine how awkward it would be if one of our kids shot the other one. Like, and I was like, oh, my God. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I um, maybe I'll put a trigger warning at the beginning of this because I'm I'm really sorry that this is going to be triggering to a lot of people. But it's important and it needs to be discussed. And we we got to do something. There's just no choice. Um, so you know, those are just some good tips. And also, I mean, I will say, go out and you know get a drink or stay in and get a drink or whatever. Um, and realize because I struggle with that sometimes where I'm just like I'm living a life right now and other people aren't. Mm-hmm. And that's where you have to kind of flip it in your mind and say, this is what we're fighting for to have a drink with my friend or to have a drink by myself in the comfort of my home or to go to a fucking movie theater, and not have to worry that I mm-hmm. might be shot today or a grocery store or whatever it is. So or I school mean, or school. Hello. I mean, or school yeah. with children, literal children that are not coming home to their beds tonight. So um, I just think that, it needs to be discussed and uh, we really appreciate you guys like looking into that. It's just unfathomable. And so I was going to just briefly um, talk about the last episode. We talked about does Walmart require gun background checks? Um, And I did find an article um, from 2015 that still holds true. Actually, I did Google this um, and the the laws are still the same from what I could see. Someone correct me if they know more Mm -hmm. about this, Um, but it's from the trace.org, which is um, a, and a, a, website that actually talks a lot about um, gun safety but also just like laws and legislatures and like news about guns and stuff which is wild Um, Mm -hmm. but it was a good article to find Um, so I'm just going to read what I found on here current federal guidelines offer dealers a degree of discretion in the small percentage of cases where background checks don't clear within two hours so basically under NICS there is a a loophole well not a loophole but there you can when you're going to buy a gun you're supposed at walmart you're you give the, your name and everything they run your background check uh and then if the fbi hasn't reached out to you within two hours or maybe it's three hours um then you can technically uh go ahead and purchase it if it doesn't like ding you or ping you or whatever um you know what I mean? So it's it's kind of wild. But Walmart has its own background check policies that have surpassed these federal requirements. And they decided that they would no longer sell guns to customers without a completed approval from NICS. So even though the, uh, the two-hour thing doesn't hold true for a lot of gun sales, uh, Walmart is holding true to making sure that that completed approval comes through. So okay. that's what I found. What okay. did you find? I didn't find anything on that. Mine was... <laughs> Mine was just the, like, craziness of the timing. Oh, yeah. You were just going to say that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, 
it is the that, that was crazy. Um, but the thing is that it happens all of the time now. And I mean, we were talking about it also where like you get kind of numb because you see something on your phone and you're just like, oh, another shooting. I it's just, heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And you're just and sometimes you close your laptop and you're like, OK, I'll I'll read that when I have the time to. And then mm-hmm. you don't. And then you move on and then you see another shooting and you're like, well, at least there's only one person this time or whatever it is. Well, and I'll I'll say this time around, and I could be very wrong. You know me. I'm not on social media a lot. I don't go on Facebook all the time. I don't go on Instagram all the time. We're all just going through it together, okay? We're all learning through it together. Yeah. But I don't, like, I'm not on social media a lot. So I actually found out from my mom. My mom told me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do get the news notifications, but it was at the end of the workday, and I called my mom and and talked to her, and and she told me. But... The times I have seen something on Facebook, it's been about the kids and it's been pictures of the kids, Mm -hmm. whereas I feel like more times we're focused on the shooter. And I haven't seen any pictures of the shooter. And some people out there, you might have seen them, but like in the very brief time I've spent on social media, I haven't seen it. And I think that is that is what one thing I think we got right this time around, because I think we spend too much time on on the uh, too much comes out about the person who completed the act and it's almost like they're the center of the attention rather than the victims Mm -hmm. um and i say this as someone who loves true crime and loves getting to the psychology behind a person who does this stuff um but i don't think we need to be focusing on that person so I, i will say that's one thing i've noticed this time around that's different yeah 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 it's um i struggle with uh, saying that that matters, <laughs> but I mean, not to you personally, because it does matter. Mm. It just, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying it changes it, but I, I think that's something I've always struggled yeah. with is I don't see any pictures of the victims out here, but I could tell you exactly what the Parkland shooter looked like. Right. 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 So right. why, why does or the like public know about Brock that? like we Turner was, but we didn't know who no, the who actual sh- gal was, you know what right. I mean? The woman that was bu- like, that suffered, you know? Right. So, so yeah, I think that's, I understand. that was my point. Totally. No, I yeah. totally get that. Um, I also wanted to um, read this really quickly and then we'll move on. Um, but in 2018, this is a Walmart thing um, okay. that I researched because they are actually, I didn't think that they would be, but from all my research, it does seem like they're actually trying anyway to pass these background checks. Um, but so in 2000, uh, most re- in 2018, they made the decision to raise the minimum age to purchase firearms and ammunition in our stores to 21 years of age. Cause I think, I think it's 18. Like, like in the laws, is that right? Yeah, I don't know. Here in Arizona, it's 21. I'm looking it up. Well, um, well, okay. So in New York, it's 18. Texas, it's 18. So there are some states where it is 18. Some, why, and like, but it's also, yeah, most of them is 21. So let's see. Under federal law, the minimum age to buy a handgun from a licensed dealer is 21, but the age limit drops to 18 if the gun is being purchased. And then it says dot, dot, dot. Well, that doesn't help me. That does not help me. 
I'm very interested in this, so I'm sorry, but I would like to find this out. And I'm sure someone else like knows mm-hmm. this, so bear with me if you guys oh wait, know this, but give friends Oh yeah, drops to uh, 18 if the gun is being purchased from a private unlicensed seller, which could be a neighbor or someone online or at a gun show. So technically you could you can own a gun, but you can't buy it until you're you 21. Buy it. Yeah, you can buy it from a friend or whatever, I guess, or a gun show. Oh, but not from man. like a dealer. Right. Okay. All or right. Walmart. Right, or Walmart. So then in uh, September 2019, they decided to no longer sell the ammunition that can be used in large capacity magazines on military style weapons. Uh, And then they required that customers pass a background check. And then it says, our heritage as a company has always been in serving sportsmen and hunters, and we plan to continue to do so in a responsible way. We also videotape the point of sale for firearms and only allow certain trained associates to sell firearms. Okay. That makes me feel better. Yeah. Yeah. For Walmart anyway, I guess, but somewhat less than 21 plus year old is going to buy it at Walmart and then sell it to their 18 year old person. So, Mm -hmm. or the 18 year old person is going to steal it. So anyway, um, yeah. So, uh, I just encourage you guys to, um, keep fighting and keep knowing what you're fighting for. Try to hang out with happy people. Text ACT, A-C-T to 64433 and then text MARCH to 954954. Um, And thank you for listening to that because I just think it's important. And um, hopefully we can, you know, provide you some laughs in this moment. And um, our hearts just truly go out with the people that have lost anyone to gun violence. So let's try to rally because I know we're tired. I know it. But that's their game. They want to make us tired Mm -hmm. and they want to make us stop trying. And we can't do it. We just can't do it. Okay. Okay. So. Deal. (sighs) Okay. Season two, episode 24, season finale is Freddy Spaghetti. And I'm sorry that transition feels really weird. And I'm sorry about uh-huh. that. But you know what? We're it is what it is. Like, move yeah. on. It's so wild. Also, that's what we do every single fucking day. We have some shitty thing happen. And then we're like, okay, I guess we're going to like be silly and try to like talk about real life now or some kind of real life, you know? Mm-hmm. So, anyways. Um, this was directed by Jason Woliner. Friendly reminder, he also directed Beauty Pageant and Woman of the Year. Uh, this is the last time that he directs on Parks. Oh. He, um, yeah, this is his last episode. He went on to do a bunch of other things, though, including Borat's subsequent movie film, which we've talked about when we did Beauty Pageant. Um, and he also did a season Zari special called Dangerously Delicious and Patton Oswalt's special Finest Hour. And he also directed a lot of Last Man on Earth with Will Forte, which is a wonderful show if um, people haven't watched it yet. So that's Jason Walliner. And then it was written by Dan Gore, dream guest of mine. Um, He's Mm -hmm. done 10 episodes of Parks, uh, dream episode of yours, I'm sure, too, because he also did Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He created that with Mike Schur, which is great. He wrote and produced a ton on that as well. Um, And the ones that we've seen him on so far uh, for Parks has been uh, The Reporter, which is the first time we see Sean Amal, we tweep, uh, Hunting Trip and Leslie's House. And um, all these are, are great episodes and people that have worked on the show before, so they know what they're doing like Mike mm-hmm. Schur and Dan Gore know what the hell they're doing so also there's a lot of Conan um crossover that I found mm-hmm. this uh this time around he so Dan Gore also wrote a ton for Conan which he had his late night show when he had his late night show um Conan mm-hmm. and he's credited as writing Dan Dan Gore is credited as writing on that 811 times oh my gosh I know which led me to see how many episodes of the late night show there actually were which was over 2000 <laughs> 
Damn. That is insane. Yeah, that's insanity. I went on such a deep dive. I'm not going to go into it because I went on like a 30 minute deep dive about like the Conan thing and the Leno thing and like how many shows Conan has actually had. Um, But I he is so funny. Conan is one of my favorite. I know you love him, too. And he's one of the best performers interview is improvisers like he's so smart and I could listen to his podcast forever. If you guys haven't listened to his podcast called Conan O'Brien needs a friend like go subscribe immediately. He has the show with his assistant Sonam Obsessian and Matt Gorley, who is producer. It's so good. Jack White wrote the theme song not yeah. specifically for him but it's a Dwight Strait song and I yes. love that he uses it because actually they're they're actually friends oh nice yeah, okay they, they chill he had him on um Coco hmm, I want to say Melon but that's the, the kids show that freaks me the crap out <laughs> I've um, never heard of that oh the yeah Conan it's, across borders or whatever no, it is no 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 it oh. was when he used to do um team Co- it was a team Coco thing where he would like do hour long interviews and he did one with Jack White and it was it's so good I'm going to see him in concert tomorrow and I'm so excited oh my god not tomorrow tomorrow, on Saturday oh Saturday okay yeah I'm so excited oh my god that's so exciting okay yeah yeah, I remember you telling me you were going to see him but I didn't realize it was uh, Saturday that's so awesome yeah it's coming so yes I love me some Conan Yes, he does. That's that a good song. podcast I too. Can tell that we are gonna be friends, be friends. The, <laughs> which he also created song. into a um, children's book. BT oh, Dubs. Wow. Oh my gosh, that's a great song. It really yeah, is. Yeah, it is. It's lovely. It's it's not as heavy as some of his other stuff. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Oh my god, not as weird as some other stuff. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. accurate. <laughs> He's a weird dude, but very talented. Yes. Support. Um, okay, I have a couple things to just talk about really quickly before we get into the actual like scene by scene thing. Constant knowledge is the name of the segment that I made up a really long time ago. Haven't brought it back until now. Mm -hmm. Um, So because for those of you just joining us, my last name's Constant. Hello. So Constant Knowledge. Anyway, um, (laughs) if you watch this on Peacock, if you watch this episode on Peacock, you're seeing the producer's cut. Um, which is wild because on the commentary, they mentioned certain things that had to be cut in the original airing. But what I saw on Peacock was the same, which was great. So you guys got to see stuff that was not original to the airing of this um, when this was aired originally. So, yeah. Do we know what? Yes, we do. Sweet. And I will tell you as we get there. Okay. Because usually I can tell. Yeah. Um, because especially with The Office, I can tell. I'll be like, that scene's new. Totally. Um, and I'm trying to I'm trying to backtrack right now and I can't. I know. I don't see. I couldn't tell in like season ones and, and two just because I don't think I was watching it at the time, nor do I think that there was it. Was it on? No, it was on Netflix at some point um, mm-hmm. for a for while, while, actually. So I literally don't know. just until Peacock came became a thing. It was on right. Netflix. So I think honestly, I think that um, I wouldn't know because I didn't. If I'm being completely honest, I don't think I like watch season one and two as much as I watch the other seasons. Fair. So I might not know. Yeah. But that's, that's fair too. Yeah. Yeah. But either way, so I'll tell you what was cut. Um, but okay. like, yeah, for sure. This time I was like, I wouldn't have known that it was the producer's cut or that I was watching extra scenes. Right. Um, also, second thing, constant knowledge, second 
bullet point is that this is Paul Schneider's last episode. Mm-hmm. So sad. Mark is leaving us. Um, which he we rounded it out really well. The writers yeah, did really great. did a great job. Um, but according to Wikipedia, he left the series. And though Mike Schur claimed both the producers and Paul Schneider were interested in having him return for guest appearances in future episodes, Paul Schneider stated that he was not interested in returning and had never been contacted about it. I don't know if that's true, but that is what Wikipedia says. So I don't know what their sources are. So it was a mutual looked, breakup? It sounds like it was a mutual breakup, but it's still, I don't know. It's like he was like, well, they didn't contact me about it. So, I mean, I don't know. But also, I don't really need to go back anyway, it sounds yeah. like. But um, I don't know. I just don't know. But it's very sad. And I love Mark. So, uh, I mean, I, I'm just going back to what you were saying, especially in this episode where I love Paul Schneider playing mm-hmm. Mark yeah. more than maybe Mark the character. <laughs> right. Um, but anyway, uh, so, yeah. It's hard for me to believe, though. And maybe I'm just being crazy. If if he stayed in Pawnee, which it at least sounds like that at the beginning, right? Because uh, Leslie knows the construction company that he's going to work for or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's interesting to me that uh, we wouldn't see him around town or at any yeah. get-togethers or just bump into him. You know? Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know. I don't know. I would have been fine with having him as a guest appearance. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, sad. Pour one out for Paul Schneider. Yeah. <laughs> or for Mark, I should say. <laughs> Not yeah. Paul Schneider because neither yeah. of them are dying, but they are leaving. So pour one out. Okay, uh, so third thing, this episode had a 5% increase from last week's rating, which also scored higher than the episodes before that. So maybe Rob Lowe worked because yeah, that's why maybe. they had him, you know. But I also think, I will say, I also think it's because it's the second season and they're finding their groove. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is the time for shows to really get their feet on the ground is the second season. So I don't know. Maybe a little bit of both. Could be a little bit of both. We had a we had a decline there in, in viewing for a little bit, but I think that was just Yeah. The March Madness stuff. Exactly. So exactly. I don't think that had anything to do with Parks and Rec. I think it was Yeah. March it was a good it is a good show, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then okay, lastly, I have a deep dive a tiny bit. I just wanted to get it out of the way now, um, on who played Freddy Spaghetti. So oh, yay. Yay. Exciting. He was played by Brian McCann, who coincidentally wrote a bunch on all three of Conan's shows as well. <laughs> yep. That's what I found too. It's I was so like, crazy. they're both they're bro- both little redheads, both little re- hilarious yeah. redheads, hilarious redheads that play the guitar that are silly, goofy. That's mm-hmm. so true. I didn't even think tall. about the tall. Um, yeah, he wrote on Late Night with Conan, Tonight Show, when Conan was on The Tonight Show, and the TBS show that Conan had as well. Uh, and those are the three shows, if you weren't familiar, by the way. That was the timeline. So Late Night, Tonight Show, and then the TBS show, Conan. Um, and yeah, it wasn't uh, Brian McCann, like, a.k.a. Freddie, uh, wrote a bunch. Like, it wasn't like he did just a couple of episodes. He was a full-time writer, and he was also an actor on Conan. He did, like, a bunch of the sketches and correspondence stuff. And he was also in 30 rock um i can't remember do you watch 30 rock i can't remember um i've seen almost every episode but just like once through okay okay um so 
he's in this episode for those of you who are a little familiar with it um, and I'll explain this too for those of you who aren't um, he was in this episode called he- The Head and the Hair and he played the head and basically <laughs> it was the bald guy versus the one that had hair and um, like one of the, her and Jenna the main other gal uh, are having this discussion of who is hitting on Liz and they're like why would the hair be hitting on Liz like you know and Liz is even like why would the hair be hitting on me like I, I'm the one that the head would hit on like that that's my character, you know what I mean? Um, and so it's really funny. And uh, he, he, I'm explaining it not as funny as the show, so go watch it. But um, <laughs> he won an Emmy for Late Night with Conan for Outstanding Writing for a Variety Music or Comedy Program, which, by the way, was when Dan Gore was also a writer working on that team. So that's so wild. Crossover, man. It, it's, it really is about all about who you know. Yeah. And just like getting in the right group and hoping that people like see how good you are. I mean, because Conan definitely likes his staff, I think. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though he like is really, you know, nasty sometimes to them, like as a joke. It's all a joke. He's like so, so you know, he has a lot of insecurities, too, that he talks about as well. So like it's all a gag. Um, But because he's never and every time I hear it I'm never like oh you're so mean you know what I mean it's just not that and he also gets very serious in some instances too Um, like as far as him liking his staff and being super cool and just talented and anyway so maybe that would change my tune if I met him in person I don't know (laughs) but anyway he makes me laugh so when I listen to the podcast and on his show so I would imagine that he'd be great but we'll see I don't know (laughs) um and then they wa- oh they also won a bunch of WGA Writers Guild of America awards so I thought that that was really interesting and congratulations to them. Also another to- Conan tie-in. This is the last one of my segment. Uh, you know the guy who plays Ted in the episode Ted Party and he like cracks an egg on yeah. Leslie's head. <laughs> that guy worked with Brian McCann, aka Freddy Spaghetti, on Conan as well. And oh, they wow. were in sketches together. They wrote together. Like it's so wild. That's cool. Um. His name's Brian Stack, which is confusing because our Freddie is named Brian, Brian McCann. McCann. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Two Brians. But yeah, so I thought that was just so interesting to me. Yeah. That they all work together. So. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of crossover. Yeah, totally. Which we've talked about before because a lot of them have like Greg Daniels was on like The Simpsons as well and SNL and so was Conan. Mm-hmm. Or no, wait. Yeah. And he did King of the Hill too. Mm-hmm. I was getting Simpsons and King of the Hill confused, but they did both. Uh, I don't think Conan did King of the Hill. He just did The Simpsons. But anyways. Okay. Yeah. Well, so now I have summary written in whenever you're ready. Okay. Here we go. While Ron, Chris, Ben, and other city officials are congregating to make big budget decisions as well as take part in a massage train, Leslie gathers her park pals to put on a Freddy Spaghetti concert to service Pawnee and its children with pasta-themed music. Ben and Ron let their inner teddy bears fly. Yay! Oh my god, so cute! I I love that you said Leslie gathers with her park pals! Yeah, I thought that was a cute play on words. It's such a cute line, I love (laughs) it! And then they let their teddy bears shine, yes. I hate Ron in this episode, and in the beginning part of the episode, I hate him. Yeah, but he has his moment. He redeems. He has a redemption arc. He redeems. Yep. Yep. 100%. So we open on this montage of City Hall, empty trash cans overflowing, Andy's roller skating down the hallway and like doesn't realize that yeah. the government is closed down. <laughs> yeah. It says essential personnel only, which I had a very strong flashback to COVID. <laughs> oh my God. That's so true. That's so true. 
Oh my gosh. Also, I mean, I was wondering why the doors weren't locked, but there is essential personnel that go in, so right. they, they have to be unlocked. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and then it's also yeah, like Ron's just chilling. Like, yeah, he's just like hanging why, out. Why? why are you even there? You're just he's, basking he in the glory. He looks happy too. Yeah, he does. So he looks happy. happy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Ugh. And then this was bad timing for Andy because he just got a super sweet ass crotch rocket. <laughs> Which. What? What? Like, I've never <laughs> so heard dumb. it called that before. Um, I'm concerned. Wait, really? You've never heard of crotch rocket? No. Oh my god, my I don't know if it's because of where we were raised or what it was, but yeah, I've heard that term so many times. It's yeah. so stupid. <laughs> no, yeah, urban. It's an urban dictionary. Oh, okay, so I don't okay. think it's like a legit thing. No. It's people made it up. It's a slang it's, term. For it's sure. a very fast motorcycle, either foreign or domestic, that one must lean forward on while riding, thus making it look like a rocket is being straddled. By your crotch. <laughs> yeah. Basically. But yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, it's one like, of those what? lean forward ones for sure. That mm-hmm. is so funny. I love this leather jacket too. It matches the bike. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. Like a little I red leather moment. He's got all that leftover money from the twelve percent interest he's playing. Oh paying. my god. Twelve percent. Yeah, so when he brags about him. how <laughs> Me too. When he brags about how like little that is. Oh, that's such a high like, interest rate. Ronald, how have you not taken him under your wing and taught him about all this i can't because he's excited about it he's, he's like so excited it's the highest you can get it's like dude bro <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> this is not gonna work out for you <laughs> no it's not oh my oh. god i have um such a fun deleted scene that i wanted to share with you um because he goes on for a really long time about mm-hmm. like all these different things that he's excited about and they're all so bad <laughs> so i had Yikes. like the deleted scenes are usually not that uh like they're long and they like have little things in between mm-hmm. um like multiple scenes but this deleted scene was basically just him talking for a really long time so i just cut it i cut it down but okay here we here wait let me make sure that the sound is shared also he leased it <laughs> yeah he leased it <laughs> What the hell? You're not even trying to own it? Yeah. <laughs> Buddy. Oh, Andy. Okay, here's this deleted scene. The a key hole on the gas tank. I got the red jacket, red helmet, red bike. Billy, the salesman, let me in on a little secret. The color red, scientifically proven to trigger sexual feelings in women. So that's pretty good. That was just an extra 2200 Billy told me that this is the same exact engine as the F-14, which is the fighter jet that the, the U.S. Marines use. This part from the side kind of looks kind of like a frog's face, has eyeballs and a little mouth and stuff. A lot of this, you know, a lot of this, it's hard for the layman to understand. I don't want to get too technical, but um, this right here is where the air goes for the tires. These are called cross-drilled dick brakes. Um, I don't know exactly why they call them dick breaks, but he was he was pretty jazzed on that. That was an extra twenty two hundred. The- <laughs> and then it just goes on and on from there. <laughs> Andrew. So he spent forty four hundred dollars on dick breaks, and then what was the other thing that was twenty two hundred dollars? The keyhole or something? Shit. Um, the color red, I guess, because he said that's the color that um that makes women think about sex, apparently. Oh, wait, hang on. I'm replaying it again. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that was an extra $2,200, the red. <laughs> uh, Everything matching because of the sexual attraction that you might get from women. 
Mm-hmm. Oh Which my, I, well, I scientifically have to proven. Say, yeah, I don't know if it's scientifically pro- proven. I don't, I don't <laughs> I care know. for red that much. I know. Yeah, it doesn't make me horny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> red. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to get with that guy. He has dick breaks. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Gross. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> I that wish. I bet sad. guys wish they had dick breaks sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> too fast, too fast. <laughs> Over in two seconds. <laughs> oh yeah, that's funny. Which, oh my god! By the way, I did put a poll um, in our Instagram just okay. tonight, and I asked, um, "What you call it? Uh, what do you consider third base?" Because we talked about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, because John Ralphio says third base over the pants. <laughs> and so here was the poll. It was, what do you consider third base? A, penetration. B, something right before that. Or C, no idea. And the people that voted um, said that penetration was 33%. So not many people think that. And then B, something right before that is what most people are thinking. And then i asked have you heard the phrase home base used when talking about sex and um it's 50 50 so okay. but only well wait only two people voted so one person thinks that and one person doesn't so <laughs> i'm just saying um but Pretty i cool. think that so it sounds like i was wrong i thought the third base was penetration but it sounds like most people think that that is something right before that it's just under the pants but the joke is that john ralphio thinks third base can be over the pants and right it is under the pants just not full-on penetration so that's yeah that's the whole joke which is great right exactly so anyway (laughs) you know we are saving lives here at park bells so (laughs) So yeah all right so next we've got uh him jumping over the count oh i was gonna tell you he it goes Mm -hmm. on even longer to say that the helmet was made specifically for him but then he puts it on and it doesn't fit i'll have to post the picture it's like it's it goes up to like his forehead it like stops at his forehead and then he opens up the like clear uh little cover thing and he's like oh okay now i can see but the clear cover thing is on his forehead oh my (sighs) god it's so stupid (laughs) this dude can't anyway so then he jumps over the counter and he's like Nailed it. Pratt fall oh, for yeah. the Pratt. I thought that that was, uh, I don't know if I'm wrong. I very well could be, but I remember, I thought I remember that I heard somewhere that that was improv Um, It doesn't say, they didn't say that on the commentary. Okay. Um, They did say that he did like 800,000 things. Also, it technically, so on the commentary, they said that by the end of the season, they felt kind of lazy. So Mike Sure was saying like Andy, uh, like in the scene, it says, or in the script, it says, quote, like Andy does stunt. And then they'll just figure out, he'll just figure out what to do kind of thing. Cool. Um, So that, I guess technically maybe the jump itself, like what he actually did was improvised maybe. Like they mm-hmm. didn't tell him specifically what to do. Um, yeah. But it was written in the script that he does something. Okay. Okay. So, uh, and he does do that like six times, apparently. That's what they said on the um, the commentary. He did that take six times <laughs> or that jump six times. <laughs> Lord in heaven. I know. Uh, so. Oh, boy. Then we've got, um, I'm at the city forum now. Are you there? I Anything before am that? there. Stephen okay. Day Elementary School. I paused it at the outside. Oh, nice. I didn't <clears throat> catch that. Sweet. Yeah. So that's what it says the that that seems to be on the building 
then there's something that's hanging. It looks like it was put there, like it was oh, hanging okay. for like from props. It does not look like it's actually. And that was mm. the the address, oh, which was three nine zero nine Geary Street. Okay, but. I wonder if we looked up Stephen Day Elementary. I should have done that. Stephen Day Let's Elementary School to see what the if it has an address because I, I that looked hung like that looked fake. The address. Ooh, I bet it is. Or they added it in post or something like that. Hmm. Uh, I don't see anything for Stephen Day Elementary School. Maybe if I type. Maybe in they California. made that up too, and they just put more effort <laughs> into. Yeah. The- seriously. Yeah, I don't see anything about a Stephen Day Elementary School. Okay. Yeah, there's like a Stevens Creek Elementary School, Steve Luther, Community Day. No. So, yeah, they must have made that up. Who wonders who Stephen Day is? Maybe he's someone in the on the show or something. Yeah. Because they always do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that'd be cool. But then it also says 9 a.m. government (gasps) shutdown. Steve Day, assistant director known for conspiracy theory. Hey. (laughs) But that's probably not. (laughs) We did a thing. We did it. Oh, wait, hang on. There is a Steve Day on Parks and Rec IMDb, but I don't see any sort of picture or like what he did. Well, that's interesting. Yikes. Let's just say that he we he made it up. This must be on some sort of like, you know, uh, what you call it? Um, like fan thing. You know what I mean? Like somebody yeah. probably just saw that and was like, let's put it in Google <laughs> and like <laughs> add something like a Wikipedia that doesn't matter. Yeah. But anyway, uh, well, good but- catch. I, I appreciate that. It has a board outside that says 9 a.m. government shutdown, um, which I don't I don't know. I don't I listen. I'm not as into this as I should be. But when they shut the government down a couple years ago, I don't remember there being a forum, mm. you know, and specifically for the parks. Yeah. Interesting, it's interesting, interesting. But I mean, I understand for the show. That yeah. It needs to be happening. But the other thing is like 9 a.m. Can people come to that? Like people have work if they're working. Yeah, I know. I struggle with that all of the time um, because I would like to go. I've looked up town hall meetings here and they're like at 1 p.m. or like 11 a.m. And I'm like on like a random Tuesday and I'm like, uh, I work, man. I know. I'm like, I guess I could just go on my lunch break. But that's like really sucky that like it's not really accessible to the public um, that has to work. Uh, But I guess like you just make do. And if you are like care really like a lot about it, then you just go. But I also think that's why like senior citizens end up going to a lot of them because they're like retired and everything. Right. (laughs) But I mean, I could see them having a forum. Maybe that could be something that I ask Brooklyn if she knows like what that would. I mean, I don't know if she would know from Adam, but you know. Yeah, maybe see. Worth it. Worth it. Because maybe they had like a questionnaire situation, you know, where it was like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you need to book your or not book, but if you need to like share your thoughts or opinions or whatever, like we're Mm going to have a town hall and then this is going to be the last one because the government shut down. So I don't know. Or maybe Leslie just made that up (laughs) like herself. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) So possible. But I don't see why Ron would come if that was the case. So anyway. All right. Well. I'm going to say that that is in the reality of the show that it would be happening. So, okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, There now is going to be a montage of all these citizens. Um, One says, with the government shut down, who's going to stop (laughs) Al-Qaeda? Oh. Oh, good. Dark. 
Um, one person uh, says this. His name is Guy Stevenson. He was a huge writer on Mad TV. He was also in Superstore and Arrested Development. Uh, and then there was apparently a Mike Tyson miniseries, question mark, that he was what? in. I know. What the hell? I, it was on IMDb. <laughs> Never heard of this in my life. I know. So anyway, his agents emails, his agents emails weren't listed and his Instagram was private. So I requested him, but we'll see. Um, he was also on his uh, IMDb. It says that he was in Elizabethtown as a security guard. And <laughs> I love that movie. So I'll have to look for him next time that I watch it. Um, and on the commentary, Retta says that that was her friend's husband on the commentary. So she knows him oh, or like knows cool. of him anyway. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. And then um, next we have this lady. I'm just going to go through my montage of people that I mm-hmm. did um, deep dives on. If you would, lo- if you have anything, please stop me and interrupt you, me. You go. <laughs> I literally just have a line in here that I love, but do all the things first. Okay. Um, which one? Which which line is it? Or like, what does it start with? Or so I can know when to. Okay. Well, actually, I will just tell you wh- which lady I'm going to be next, and then you can say if it's your favorite line. Okay, okay. This is the lady that asks how long the parks will be closed. Um, this was just one uh lady, and she interrupts Leslie when she says that she she would win if this was a competition. She like Leslie says that she would win. Like, I mean, it wouldn't matter because I would win. But and she's like, how long are the parks going to be closed? Um. This gal is named Claudia Choi. She was in the movie Her with Hawkeen Phoenix, where she plays nice. an uncomfortable waitress, which <laughs> I love that that was her character name. Do you remember you and I and Sean watched that movie together? And it was so, it's such an <gasps> awkward movie. We watched it in your room. I we watched totally all the, forgot about that. Yes, we watched all the Oscar movies together that year before the Oscars. And we all just like left that situation being like, what the this fuck just up. happened? <gasps> Do you remember oh, that? Oh my, my god. Every time I, I see Joaquin Phoenix, I tell Ivan about it. And every time he's like, yeah, you t- you've told me. <laughs> uh, you've said that before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is wild that it left such an impression on you because it was weird. Because yeah. our brains didn't really understand like the artsiness of it. We were just like, hmm, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. I feel like I want to watch it now to see where I'd be at. It yeah, was kind of like weird, obviously, because it was like a new idea of... Uh, wasn't Scarlett Johansson? They had sex playing her. Yeah, I mean it's like phone sex, basically. Yeah, I mean with I'm not saying it's like yeah. the best no. thing ever, right. but <laughs> with an, yeah, you're right with yeah. the robot. <laughs> yeah, with a robot. That's that's where you got me. You know? Oh my god, that's so yeah. crazy! I totally I forgot that that happened. Oh my god. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll have to remind sorry. Sean and see if he remembers. No, don't be sorry. I'm so glad you brought it up. I totally would have skipped right past that. That is hilarious. And now look at us. We're all on a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talking about the awkward moments. Years later. Oh, my God. Okay. She was also in Yumi and Dupree, which I don't think I ever watched that movie, but I read the book. It's a sad one, right? Mm, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Okay. Anyway, uh, she was also in 911, the show, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and a ton others. Um, I actually texted her because her phone number was on IMDb. No and I was way. like, I did. I was Just like, go for it. I know. I was like, look, I'm sorry that this is weird, um, but I would love to talk to you about your time on Parks and Rec, um, you know? And uh, she messaged back. She hey was yo. like, and here's what she said. She said, hi, I just landed in Hawaii. She has a 10th anniversary trip. That's so nice. Aww. And I'd be happy to answer any questions you have. We're three hours behind L.A. 
Um, I think she probably thought I was in LA, but that's okay. I'm not. Uh, but I sent her questions. <laughs> Please, uh, <laughs> you'll figure it out. I, I did send her questions and she hasn't gotten back to me, but I really don't expect her to because she's in fucking Hawaii. So I would not be checking my phone like or doing anything with that. So mm-hmm. totally fine. I might reach out to her later if she's um, still into it. But if not, totally fine. She did great. Uh, I loved her like irateness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, what? And, and, and interrupting a- Amy Poehler too or uh, Leslie. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> what are they going to be open again? Yeah, I agree. You guys, Claudia messaged me back and I felt like I really needed to have this in the episode. Uh, for her because she was wonderful and uh, I can't even believe that she messaged me after Hawaii and remember to I did not expect that Uh, so I'm going to read her text okay she says I had auditioned many times for this show for Dorian Frankel she liked me and kept bringing me back I was super lucky because Allison Jones took over casting later on and I don't go into that office as often the town hall scene was pretty loose they had us stand up and say our line then they had writers come up with new lines to try we were all supposed to be upset but asking some absurd question then they let us improvise which was fun amy was great at staying in character and answering unexpected questions i believed i improved a question about where she got her pantsuit oh my gosh that's so funny uh then she goes on to say, I'm a native Hoosier and watched every episode of Parks and Rec. So this was a treat. I don't watch a lot of TV and so usually go into filming with only a vague notion of the world we are in. But I was very invested in Parks and Rec from day one. Grateful to have been on such a good show. That's so cool. We are um, huge Parks and Rec fans too. So we're very invested as well. <laughs> uh, that's so cool because I feel like a lot of uh, day players aren't always, yeah, like she said, as into the show. So I'm so glad that was that she... Um, was was into the show also um she goes on to say that she uh or she wrote that she thinks that amy had just had her second child um and she seems super tired and just focused um so that's really uh interesting to hear because we do know that she had her she had archie on uh her son archie on the set uh which we'll talk about a little later but anyway so yes thank you claudia for sending that in that is so awesome okay yay Okay, this might be your favorite line. Is it about the kids? Yes. Oh, I love this line. Because I deal so with good. these parents all the time. <laughs> it's like, what am I supposed to do with my kids all day? Keep them in my house where I live? Where like, I live? <laughs> I just, I can't. But oh my it's, God. There's so many parents that are like that. Oh, I have such exciting news for you. Um, yes. We got a voice memo from <gasps> this actress. Oh, my God. And she was so wonderful. Her name is Deborah Puet. Um, oh, gosh. that I, I always do this. I get a voice memo, and then I don't ask how they actually pronounce their name. But her name is Deborah. And uh, she also, on the commentary, Retta said that she was friends with her, which is interesting. Um, hmm. I didn't get a chance to ask Deborah about it. But if she's listening, um, let me know, Deborah, if you're friends with Retta. <laughs> Not for any purposes to get Retta on the podcast, even though that would be amazing. But I would just like to know if that was true. Yeah. Um, but Deborah's been in a bunch of things. Um, she's an actor, writer, director, and she was nominated for NBC's Universal Shorts Cuts Festival. Um, Short Cuts Festival, rather. Uh, and her movie Cash for Gold was what won the awards. And now she is doing a feature film of that very same movie. And that is so amazing. They're in post-production right now. So keep your eyes open for that. And please follow uh, 
the Instagram. It's just called Cash for Gold. I'll tag her in our show notes and in our Instagram. Uh, and we definitely want to support indie artists and just like artists mm-hmm. in general. So I think that's amazing. And uh, I definitely wish her all the broken legs and luck in the world. Uh, I know I'm not supposed to say luck after I say broken legs, but I don't care because some people don't agree with the broken leg thing. So just covering my bases. Um, and then I'll also tag her in the uh, like her personal Instagram in there too, because she does say that she loves um, answering questions about the office and parks. So cool. because I don't know if you found this, did you see the office crossover that Deborah has? No, but give me two seconds. I'm about to blow your mind. Does she have a, Does she have a name in Parks and Rec? Uh, yeah, she does, but I don't remember what it is. Okay, hold on. Like what her character name was. But I can hold just on. tell you. Hold on. If I need, if I see her face, I might be able to tell you. Oh, okay. So okay. I'm trying yeah, to look up her face game. without looking up the. Okay. Do you want me to just give you her name so you can Google it? But th- but then it might come up. Oh, I see what you're saying. I'm Googling okay. her line. <laughs> okay. See if that works. <laughs> I know. Maybe I can um, see. Like if it's. Oh, it's Kathy on Parks and Rec is the name they gave her. Okay. I love this game. <laughs> Wait, that's not. That's definitely. When you Kathy. type in her name, it doesn't come up. Okay, what's her name? Deborah, and then spell the last name. Poo. P U E T T E. It comes up like if you scroll, but it's not like the first thing because she's done a ton of other stuff too. I spelled her name wrong for sure. P O E T T E. Oh, P U E P U E T T E. Okay. Deborah, if you're listening Sorry, to this, Deborah. this is hilarious. <laughs> Might be. <laughs> no, I love it. Okay, hold on. All right, this might be difficult. And you're phenomenal, Deborah, and we thank you so much. I also sent her a voice memo back because I was like, since you sent me a voice memo, I'm going to send you a voice memo. And I've never done that before, and I thought that that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to say thank you. How did you feel about it? I felt is good it about repeat? it. A repeat what? To, you would do it again? Oh, yeah. I would do it again. For sure. For sure. Okay. For sure. It just depends on if I have time because a lot of times I'm like coordinating with all the different guest stars that messaged me. So I'm like sometimes I don't have time to send a message back to each one. Um, but yeah. Fair. Also, Deborah sent me a long vo- uh, voice memo, which was chock full of information, which I'm excited to share with you. So um, yeah. that's also why I did it, too, because I was like, you spent a lot of time on that. So yeah, I sh- she looks like she plays one of the waitresses. Yes, that's right. And for some reason, I think, like, I can see her talking to Andy. Mm-hmm. Hotter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Um, um, sauce on the side or I send it back. Yeah, the, the, the mafia guy. Yeah! She's the, she's the waitress in the mafia scene. That was amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. Good job. I watched that show way too fucking much. If oh you think God. I watch Parks too much... <laughs> watch the office that's so amazing oh my god that is so great i'm so proud of you thanks that feels good yeah seriously because i wouldn't have known that i mean i was like scrolling through and i was like oh my god it took me it took me to find a picture with her hair up because i couldn't tell with her hair down okay okay yeah her main picture which is great by the way deborah yeah it's beautiful is uh yeah her hair's down 
But yeah, so she played the waitress in Mafia when <laughs> so cool. in the office when Michael orders the gabagool. <laughs> the gabagool. Sauce on the side. <laughs> well, I send the it back. on top, I send it back. <laughs> yeah. Ivan Which, says that to me all the time. experience. You said what? Ivan says that to me all the time. Oh my God. He's like, creamer, creamer to this color or I send it back. He's joking, <laughs> but like it's a, just right. a way we quote the office. That is amazing. Um, but yeah, so I love that. Uh so first, um, I'm gonna play uh, all. I I kind of I cut up her voice memo so or her, she gave me one long voice memo and then I cut it up so we could kind of talk about it in between. Okay. Um, but in the first one, I did. Uh, I asked her about the audition and like how she got the role, like we always ask everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, so here is what she said to that. Hey Holly, um, I hope this works. <laughs> I'm just gonna answer your questions one by one. Um, so I actually didn't audition for that role that I played in Parks and Recreation. I had gone in previously to the casting director, Allison Jones, and I auditioned for something else. I can't remember exactly what, and I didn't get it. And then I think it was maybe the next episode they just called and offered me that part. I think that's how it went. And, um... I did read the the line that we ended up sh- that you ended up seeing was the line in the script exactly. However, we did many many takes with all lines, um, and they ended up picking the one that was written, which was very much like my experience on The Office. Um, in the episode that I was in, there same thing. We literally improved all day on that and they ended up using the lines exactly as they'd been written in the first place so that tells you how good the writers are yay beautiful so that's the first one um that was awesome i also have to say number one that i did not give the guest stars much time at all to do this so the fact that she got it in so fast was incredible and i'm so grateful to her uh and number two i just have to say that it's amazing and such a great reminder to all my fellow actors that some casting directors are keeping you kind of in their piggy bank for other roles if you just keep showing up and doing the work like eventually Mm -hmm. you will be recognized um and they may call you in for something else so just keep going keep having fun with it and then something might happen from it so it gets really discouraging at times but I I think that was so it's such an inspiring kind of and we've heard that from many guest stars where the I mean it does depend on the casting director not every casting director is as great as it sounds like Dorian Frankel is and Allison Jones Mm -hmm. Um, but that was just a really wonderful inspiration to to hear that from her so um and then the second thing is, oh, yeah, her second clip is about her time on set where she was wor- like I asked her about working with the cast and she said she couldn't quite remember where that town hall was, like maybe on a lot somewhere. So I'm thinking maybe it was either CBS Radford where, you know, all the town hall stuff or not town hall, uh, city mm-hmm. hall stuff is shot. But right. the town forum, I'm not really sure it where exactly it was, but I would imagine that it would be on that lot. If she thinks it was on a lot, it was probably on that one. Um, but I also about her wardrobe and improv and, um, she and I, I she also says like she was awesome and read the question out loud, um, of like some certain things that I asked her. So this is the second clip for, uh, that one. Also, this is a longer one. So just be prepared. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Number two. What was it like to have a scene with Amy Poehler, Nick Offerman, the other townspeople? Um, (laughs) 
Uh, Nick, I actually knew from Chicago, not well, but we ran in the same theater circles. And so when I saw him before shooting, we were connected about that. He's an amazing guy. Just, you know, as you would imagine, if you follow him off screen, really friendly. Amy was really fun to play with. Um, it didn't really interact much with the other townspeople because, you know, you go in the room and you sit down and uh, I mean, I maybe talk to one person on the other side of me, but there's just a lot of work to do. So um, it was fun to be in a room full of folks and that the, the meetings in the rec center are so iconic, you know, that there was a great vibe to it all. Um, so it was fun, but I didn't get to know them very well. Amy and Nick, total pros, so fun to work with. Something specific I do remember um, which doesn't always happen is that the clothes I was wearing in those in that scene are my own clothes. So sometimes, if you're you know playing a regular person who's similar to you, you know in terms of what she might wear, the character might wear, they will ask you to bring some options. And so I brought a couple things from my wardrobe that I thought were might work. And then um, the wardrobe department will, you know, have you try on a few things or go through your stuff. And they ultimately decided to use the things that I brought. So that blouse and that sweater were both mine. Um, timing of it, gosh, I think we started in the morning and we were probably done inside of like five hours, which is pretty quick. That's sort of how I remember it. Okay, number four. Did I get any specific direction or was it more of let's shoot this line the best way we can in the end to tell us what you remember any improv, any improv moments? Okay, it was all improv. There was so much of it. So what happened was we first ran the scene a, probably a couple of times with the lines exactly as written. And then what I specifically remember from this shoot, which was different than any other shoot I've been on, is that they... Uh, the the writer who was on the set at the time, and I can't remember who it was. I wish I could shout them out. He was regularly coming up to me with alt lines. So a new line written out for me to say. And I think probably the other play, day players got uh, similar changes. I don't remember specifically. But then we would run it like that a couple of times. And then we got into a long period of just when it's your time to speak, throw something out. And we did a bunch of improv in that way, which was very fun. I mean, there's little that's as fun as being on a set where everyone is trying to make everyone else laugh, especially when people are good at that. So, you know, you mentioned, and I might get to this in another question, but you mentioned the office and those bloopers. You know, there can be times when people are laughing when they're not supposed to be laughing. And while it's not great for the shoot, <laughs> it's not great. It's not, not going to make it on TV. Um, it does make for a really fun time. And I just remember that my time on Parks and Rec was really, really fun. I do remember knowing that it was going to be really funny. I was really glad that that was the part that I got because... Uh, I think she's pretty iconic <laughs> just because of the way parents around the world can relate to her. Um, that meme comes up again and again and again and again. It was big during the pandemic when suddenly everyone had their kids at home. Anytime people have to have their kids at home, she comes roaring back. And I really love that. Um, 
she's also been cited as like, there's a, you know, they have a bunch of best of lists, the best townspeople in the um, history of parks and rec or whatever. And I'm always honored when she makes those lists, which she often does. And that is credit to the writers. But that's so cool. Oh, my gosh. About the memes like uh, and the best of list. I didn't even know they had a best of yeah, list, which I'm either. sure I should have. But and I could totally imagine the memes being um, used, especially like I do think that all especially during the pandemic pandemic, everybody was like, wait, these kids are just going to stay in my house all of the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the way she performed it, too, was so well done. Mm-hmm. I mean, the writing truly is amazing. Uh, and But, you know, it's a, all a teamwork thing because if she hadn't performed it so well, we wouldn't have related as much to it, too. Like her facial right. expression of like, how, what am I supposed to do? I How could like you possibly think? she's appalled almost. Yeah. Like, yeah. how could you possibly think that this would be acceptable? <laughs> I have never done this before in my life. <laughs> So that's awesome. And then she did talk about um, being uh, in the office. And so I asked her specifically, you guys. And so if you're not a fan of the office, um, then be a fan of the office. (laughs) But if not, then just listen to this clip because uh, it was just really interesting. So just a friendly reminder, she's in the Gabagool episode or the Mafia episode uh, is what it's actually called. And I asked her if she knew anybody from the office when she went to park. So like Mm. any of the uh, crew or anything like that. So she'll answer that. But um, yeah, she did such a good job. And there was no way I was letting her go without asking her about being on the office. Um, And if you ever watch those bloopers, Go watch the bloopers if you haven't seen them already um, where they're all laughing. Um, And also she does uh, forget uh, Andy's name in the office. It's Ed Helms, by the way, uh, Deborah. So I forgot to tell you that in our emails. But yes, you uh, treated that really well. So, okay, here's what she said about this. I was the waitress in the office mafia episode. That is correct. Well, she said that is correct because, like I said, I literally had to ask her because I was like, wait, was that you? I was like staring at both of her pictures from both the, the office and her IMDb. And I was like, wait a second. I don't know. And I'm always like so freaked out. Like, am I going to, is she actually like, am I just going to make a fool of myself? But I'm so glad I asked. So, anyway, yes. just to preface that. It's so weird because now I have two memeable is that a word um moments from two of you know the mo- the best most recent comedies in uh television history and uh that makes me so happy so did i see anyone from the office on the parks and park set crew wise oh gosh i don't know crew wise i don't know um when i don't think there was crossover in terms of the writers if there was i'm not aware of it they were definitely different directors Beyond that in the crew, like things on, on television tend to move so fast that you don't get to know, like you don't get to know the camera person. You don't get to know the assistant camera person. You, it's just, it all flies by. Um, that day on set was bonkers because it was me alone in that scene with the three guys with Steve Carell, Rain, and, um, my God, if I can't even think of Andy's name, you'll help me out. Sorry, after who plays Andy, I do know who you are. You're fantastic. Um, so it was me with them. And then one other guest act, guest actor who played the guy they think is a mafioso. So when you're a guest actor, it's so important that you not be the wrench that stops 
you know, that gets stuck in the spokes of the wheel, you have got to keep your wits about you. So while when you see the bloopers from that episode, which landed on the blooper reel for, for season six and are fun to watch, it was great for them to crack up. Like I loved when they couldn't get past my line that made me so happy because it was funny, but I couldn't really, I just couldn't break because you can be fired. (laughs) I mean, the regulars, they have that kind of leeway. Um, But when you're a guest actor, you have got to keep your wits about you and you can never be the reason why a take is ruined. So if you watch those bloopers, um, I look extremely serious. It was only because I was just constantly telling myself, you cannot laugh, you cannot laugh, you cannot laugh. Um, but despite how serious I look, I had an incredible time. And that's when I say that day was bonkers. It was bonkers because we shot the scene the way it was written several times, like I said, and then we all just started playing. And uh, <laughs> Rain Wilson threw out some of the craziest stuff you can imagine. And, you know, these guys are like at the top of their game. And I'm not a trained improviser. I've done some improv, but I would never like wittingly go toe to toe with them. But in that situation, you don't have any choice. And it was fun because I felt like I completely held my own. Um, None of our improv, not Reigns, not anybody's, uh, made it onto the final cut. That was all the scene exactly the way it was written. And it was brilliant. Um, And it was, yes, thank you for saying I was profesh. It was hard to keep it together. And it was an absolute blast. I loved both my experiences on those sets. Um, thank you so much for your interest. I don't, uh, I think I got everything there. And um, yeah, thanks for checking in. I hope this works for you guys. I hope the recording's okay. It was okay. It yes, was great. It was, it was perfect. More than okay. It was so good. I am so grateful that she messaged back. And like I said, I didn't give her much time to do it. So I'm so, so gracious, beyond gracious that she did that for us. Yeah, it's awesome. So cool. And yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I just, I'm so glad she said that too. And I told her that. I'm so glad she said uh, that about her being serious because I remember watching the bloopers um, and thinking to myself, oh my gosh, this actor is like trying not to go too overboard with laughing with them. You know what I mean? And I totally Mm -hmm. get it. And I totally get it because you want to be professional. And like we've heard from so many guest stars, like you are not the star kind of, you know, you're there to move the story along and you want to be good, but you also want to laugh, obviously. But like, you're also like, oh my God, these guys are professional. And like, and by professional, I mean like they're way at the head of their game, like she said. So I, um, I think she did that so well. I also love when I just loved how like ser- like the straight man that she was to their crazy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, I don't I don't think we have that. Um, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> when he says the gabagool line, yeah, so good. Well. Thank you, Deborah, for doing that for us. That was awesome. And please, everybody, go follow her uh, movie Gold or Cash for Gold on Instagram. Again, I will tag it in the uh, show notes and in the Instagram. So please follow her and then also follow um, her personal account as well, which I will also link. Um, But thank you, Deborah. And then uh, was there anything else you were going to say, though, before I move on? Okay, awesome. Um, The next citizen that I have is um, this lady asking about the concert at Ramsett Park. And she says, um, or asking about 
Freddie Spaghetti's. She's like, what about the concert at Ramson Park? Ramset Park. And this gal's name is Deb Hyatt. And I have another game for you to play. Okay. Because she was also in the office. Uh, Give me your name again. Deb. D-E-B-H-I-E-T-T is her last name. And I, I totally thought she looked familiar, but I didn't really know who she was in the office. Was she in the good place too? Um, maybe. I didn't find that in my research, but potentially. I can look it up. Let's see. Yeah, she was. Hey, yo. She was in two episodes of that. Huh. I don't know if I'm going to get this one. The only person she looks like to me that it could be, but I don't think it, I don't necessarily think it is, is Pam's mom. Oh, it could be. The very no, first Pam's it. mom. Yeah, it does. I could see that too. Yeah. I Otherwise, I'm, too. I don't think I'm going to get this one. Okay. Um, hint, it has to do with Canada when Michael goes on a business trip. No way. She's the flight attendant? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yes, she's the flight attendant that like tells everybody That's to right. keep moving. And, and then she freaking bumps hit his, Yes, I love that part. Because <laughs> they do that sometimes. Sometimes they are not fucking careful and it yeah. hurts. I know. <laughs> it was so funny though when Michael is like being all cocky though and then he gets hit in the arm. I'm like, yeah. mm, well, if you were facing forward and not trying to be all like, you know, fancy and telling us how fancy you are. Right. But yeah, so that is her. Um, like you t- said, she's been in The Good Place. She was also in Arrested Development, Scandal, Documentary Now with Bill Hader, and also an episode of Barry with Bill Hader. And she just recently, Barry. oh my gosh, me too, that new season came out. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm excited. I can't watch it until all the episodes are out. I refuse. Why? I have to sit and watch. I like because oh, once I start it? Barry, because we started it in COVID and the both seasons were already out. And yeah. so we sat and watched two seasons in like two days. Oh my so, God. Like, I need to be prepared to sit and watch all three. Got it. I'd like. Is all- it not all out? Are they doing it like once They're a week? They're doing it weekly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, and then Deb Hyatt was also on NCIS. Um, she's also a writer um, cool. and she has a new play that was performed. Oh, also, I wanted to say really quickly. I'm sorry. I forgot. But Deborah, um, our mafia lady and our uh, kids lady line, <laughs> um, she won an award i believe i talked about nbc universal shorts um and she well she didn't win sorry she was nominated for best actor best film and best writing at this so i just wanted to give her a shout out that that's amazing yeah that's awesome um and then anyway so deb hyatt uh I, which got so confusing in my emails that there's a deborah and a deb i was mm-hmm, like oh my mm-hmm. god um and anyways so which was great though it's all good um but deb uh hyatt aka the flight attendant uh and this mom to this lady that wants to know about the uh freddy spaghetti thing um she's a writer and she had a new play that was performed in april um so last month called circle forward april 4th i wrote april 4 but the number four was on a different line and i was like why did i write four but it's april 4th (laughs) sorry so last month um 
is when this was performed and performed and her, the play was called Circle Forward. And there's another play called Call Time that was a semifinalist in, in the Lanford Wilson New American Play Festival, which is so exciting. Good for her. That yeah, is a lot awesome. of work on for both of these Debra's Debs. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of work and a huge undertaking. So I'm really proud of her. Um, and her bio said that she's also a musician. So that's awesome too. Cool. Uh, also side note festivals. Usually, uh, I don't think a lot of people know this, but festivals for like, if you're doing shorts or a play festival or whatever, um, they cost money to enter. So if you're like, you know, entering in a bunch of festivals or whatever, you have to like really make sure that you're budgeting for that as part of Mm -hmm. your like production costs as well. Um, So I think people think that they see all these awards on indie films and they're like, oh, that's so cool. That just happened. No, it didn't. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's a whole thing. I just want to give that a shout out. But exciting news again is that Deb Hyatt sent in a voice memo. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. So um, I'll play her voice memo. And again, I did not give these gals much time at all to send these in. So I'm so happy that their agents got them uh, in touch with me or I got in touch with them and they sent it over. And uh, yeah, so this is Deb's um, voice memo. And thank you so much for sending that in. Okay, here we go. Hi, Holly. Thank you so much for reaching out. I would love to tell you a little bit about my day on Parks and Recreation. It was fantastic. Um, The whole experience from the audition uh, with Dorian and Marlies to being on set and working with Amy and Nick. And yes, I'm using their first names as if we're best friends, which we're not. Um, It was one of those great experiences where you're working with nice, smart people who are just great at their jobs, and everyone's working together to be efficient and also have fun. I mean, I know you've heard similar things from the other actors you've talked to, um, and it it really doesn't make for any juicy gossip or anything salacious, but wow, it's always wonderful when those jobs come along. I don't remember many specifics about the audition audition because I think when you audition a lot you develop a system for kind of forgetting the details because so often you don't get the job that's just how this business works Um, but I have had the pleasure of auditioning for Dorian and Marlies several times and they always make it as as pleasant and easygoing as is possible to make it Um, you always get the feeling they are really genuinely rooting for you to do well Um, just, you know, more great, smart, enthusiastic people. So that's always wonderful. Then to get on set, it was so fun to be part of that town hall meeting scene. I was always a fan of the show and I loved those scenes anyway, um, because it's just full of great characters and great little moments. Um, but then to know that I was going to be asking the question about Freddie's spaghetti, I mean, it's always great when you realize that they can't cut your scene completely. And with the name of the episode being Freddy's Spaghetti, I mean, I figured that was a win for me right there. So I was happy about that. (laughs) (laughs) Wardrobe was easy. Um, They were great to work with, but it, it was easy because I actually have a bunch of, quote, Midwestern mom type clothes. So they actually ended up using my denim jacket that I had worn during the audition. Um, so it was especially comfortable um, to sit around in that day. So that was that was nice. 
I didn't have any other scenes with the young actor who was playing my son, but I, I remember he was very sweet. Um, <laughs> I do remember the director telling him over and over not to look at the camera. And in the take they used, you can see that he keeps looking right at the camera. But honestly, it's very funny, especially since he's chewing this enormous piece of gum, this big white glob of gum. And it's just like his character could not be less interested in whatever mom's talking about. And, and, and that my character is so invested in Freddy Spaghetti, but the kid is like, meh, it's just funny. Um, and we shot the scene as written a few times from a few different angles, as they do. And then they said, okay, we have a little time left. So if, if any of the principal actors in the crowd who had had lines earlier wants to improv a question in character, you know, let's just see how it goes. So the director yelled action and um, people, you know, asked a few questions. But I think I raised my hand and asked about the manholes, if they were fixing man, or maybe I asked about the speed humps. I don't know, just because those are funny words. Um, and so that was uh, hilarious. And I thought, oh my God, I'm improving with Amy freaking Polar. Um, because of course, Nick's character couldn't have cared less about anyone's questions. Um, so it was, it was super fun. And just to have that freedom, um, you know, toward the end of the day was just the best. And I had a similar experience like that shooting The Office. I was lucky enough to play Beth, the flight attendant, in a season five episode called Business Trip. And I I had had a few, my character had had a few interactions with Michael and Andy Bernard and Oscar, and we had shot everything as written. And it, it was another one of those sets that is very efficient, but very amiable and very easygoing. And everyone's rooting for each other and everyone's having fun. And it really lends itself, an environment like that lends itself to your best creativity and inspiration. And also when you come into these sets, sets that have been going for years, really, and you're there for a day or two or something, you know, it's really lovely to be to be validated as a comedic actor and given, you know, a few minutes just to, for, for the free range of it. And it's so much fun. You know, that's, that's why we got into this in the first place. So um, we were able to shoot the scenes as written and then use the time they had left to improvise a little bit. And um, after I hit Michael with the drink cart in the head, I think I was offering the other passengers drinks and charging them like seventy-two fifty for each drink or something. You know, just just silly, and you never know if it's going to make the cut if they're going to have time. But boy, it's it's a fun day of work, and it's always hard to leave the set like that because you won't you just want to come back the next day. I have been really, really lucky in my career so far to work with some fantastic comedy talent, but for sure, my parks and rec shoot and my office scenes will always, always be up there with my absolute favorites. Thank you so much for reaching out. Yay! That, that was, was so that was a lot awesome. of information. Yeah, so much information. I love what you said about the wardrobe because that's so true that that's what you do um, as a guest star or as um, an extra especially because um, I've been an extra a couple times and you just bring like a huge suitcase. Like extras know what they're doing now where they like, you know, you have like the character 
outfits or whatever. And a lot of people have this for like their auditions as well. They like know what to pull out when they get like what she said, like a Midwestern mom situation. Yep. Um, <laughs> that was awesome. And I also love what she said about being on the office and that she, um, I like that she was talking about how um, she, did she say the word bonked? <laughs> I really liked that. She said I bonked him on the head. Or something. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. But yeah, I do also, um, I asked her about the kid, but I didn't really ask for like specifics on it. So I'm so happy that she gave us that information about uh, him looking at the camera and how he had this huge piece of gum and what a great take on like, that's so Mm -hmm. true. Like that's one of those things that like it just worked out because there are technically cameras in the show. So like even if you looked right at the camera, that's what a kid would do anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I really loved that. So thank you, Deb, for sending that in. I'll tag you as well. Uh, And I will also um, post in the show notes the link to your website so people can check out your play if they're uh, in California. Um, That's so cool. I I love that. So uh, anyway, yeah, I'm just like really grateful to them. I can't stop thinking about it too because, I mean, those were long voice memos and they were also... uh, given within a day or two so that's awesome yeah that's awesome so thank you both deborah and deb you guys were amazing i loved you guys' performances and so true she was just like this last one deb was like her character was just so sad like what about the freddy spaghetti concert and the kid like doesn't care so that's true yeah. <laughs> I like that perspective. but anyway okay so now i'm at chris's office And he's telling some poor worker that he doesn't like the color on the graph because it's too depressing. (laughs) And then he also orders his water in that specific way. Uh, First time we see it. Yes, exactly. And that's what we talked about last episode where that was one of the first character ideas that the writers had for him. Mm hmm. So yeah. we got to, they got to put it in. I had flashbacks of being a server and I would be like really mad if Chris ordered this like this in this way to me as a server. Yeah. <laughs> it seems it sounds very condescending. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I know that's not what he means, but I'm just like, can you just take can it you, regularly? Yeah. <laughs> but Let's but take that's a step like, back. Right, step back. But that's what his character is. Like he would need to, and Mike Sherman made a joke about it, like he would need to tell someone that it, it needs to be in a cup without uh, a handle. Like it just needs to be in a glass. <laughs> oh my God. Um, And then everybody on the commentary was also saying that Rob Lowe is all angles and blue eyes and dimples. <laughs> Because they were talking about how Ron has cute dimples when he smiles. Rashida yeah. said that. And then they got into talking about it changed scenes and it got to Rob Lowe. And they were like, oh, that guy. So beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> He's so great. He is. I love and that then- she still wants to like, which this this is what I hate. Because the Chris doesn't say I need to check with Ben. Okay. He, right? I can hear She's- moving i'm so sorry you can hear it moving oh mm-hmm. sorry i had to move it when fenway got on my lap oh i'm um, sorry fenway uh, yeah he had surgery on tuesday so he's he's yeah he's in a little bit of a pain so he's oh just my God. like sorry he, fenway he just needs extra cuddles so that's yeah, why definitely. i was letting him up here <laughs> yeah of um, course he can come up there yeah but, but i'm trying to move it back move now the mic like here instead of here you know what i mean because i oh, can like yeah. hear it a little yeah, bit better i'm not like touching the mic when i do it but because the, the mic's down here. But, I mean, mm. I can leave it here. I don't care. Okay. Um. Okay. So, anyway. Yeah. So, she comes in and she's like, I want to have this concert because this is dumb that we can't do this for the kids. And Chris doesn't say anything like, well, let me check with Ben first. He straight up is like, okay, let's we do it. fix it. <laughs> right. And that pisses me off because now she's, it, it feels like she's had has her answer. Mm-hmm. And then when Ben comes back in, it's like, no, we can't do that. 
Like I know. they're they're tw- like I I never liked their team their teamwork here. Like, yeah, <laughs> Chris. Like I, it just it pisses me off because Chris doesn't like doing the hard parts, and I I'm with him. Like I 100 percent am with him. I was 100 percent always a Chris mm-hmm. until I got into a job where I was like nothing's gonna change if I don't do the hard parts. Mm-hmm. And so now it's just it's like it's hard for me to watch and then him to do this to Leslie. But I, I also know. love that she's like, I'm just going to keep presenting to you anyway because I prepped for it. I worked really hard on <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I worked really hard. I found in this um, episode that Chris like really thinks he is making a difference slash changing, or at mm-hmm. least in my experience or experience in my perspective when I was watching it, I was like, oh, because in the first episode, I thought he was just like sugarcoating things because mm-hmm. he knew that he would have to break it down or whatever. But I think that his char- his whole character is like, I can change it. We can change it. Like, we can. We can just do it. It doesn't even matter. It's not that bad. Like, whatever. Like, he really believes that it will move forward if he does this. Um, and he doesn't even think about how Ben's going to say no. But my, my issue with it is he doesn't go back to Ben and say, well, here are the options that Leslie and I have discussed. Right. And this is how we think we can make it work. That, yeah, He doesn't totally. do that. He immediately doesn't feel like he when needs ben, to. Yeah. W- immediately when Ben says no, Chris goes, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, so that's the part that frustrates me because I agree with you. I think if he if he really did have the mindset of I really um, think I can make it fix it, you know, then. Yeah. Then cool. But like fucking fix it. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. I love so. Ben's talking head here. The government's been shut down for two days and one city employee has tried to schedule 14 meetings with me. Can you guess who? <laughs> <laughs> it's so well acted. And we're getting to see more of a playful playful side of of Ben again. We got Definitely. a little peek of it in the last episode when they go out for beers, but this is I, I like it. We're now we're seeing it at the office. Right. Oh, and that was another thing I was going to say in my recap. I wanted to mention that Wumpf There It Is is by a band called Tag Team, just FYI, because we didn't talk about it. It's kind mm-hmm. of a one hit wonder situation. Um, and I don't really see like it was in a ton of like TV shows and cultural phenomenon and movies and films and our kind of like culture as a society. We just know that song like basketball games or any sporting mm-hmm. events kind of thing. Um, but I just wanted to give Tag Team a shout out because 1993 was when that came out and uh, it's still being talked about to this day so yes beautiful amazing anyway um i had to talk about that <laughs> you reminded me when they went out for beers they talked about that right um i also love that ben i mean uh chris opens his shirt at like he's superman and, right. and like batman because he has a running yeah. shirt underneath <laughs> why is he wearing his running stuff underneath is my question i would feel so uncomfortable going to work with like my sports bra on underneath i you do know? that sometimes actually okay because i have to like work out right after and mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. like I have to go straight there. And so I don't want to change at the gym. So I do do that sometimes. OK, that's fair. I just I haven't done it. So it's nice yeah. to hear from it's a different perspective to... that it <laughs> yeah. that somebody does Chris, it. Though, like running 10 but miles. Like, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> that's I, also probably 11. unhealthy for someone who can even do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only time I've ever run that that far was when I was training for the triathlon. And it was very specific. It was not, I want to go for 11 miles. It was in the training manual, you will run 11 miles on this day. Right. So that when you do the triathlon, 
three miles doesn't seem that bad. Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. That's not that's fun so to funny. me. I and he's say, running so fast. <laughs> I know. He like books it. I'm like, there's no way you maintain that for 10 miles. There's I know. No it's so hilarious way. that the audience is supposed to believe that he's going to run like in the reality of the show. That's the way he runs the entire 10 miles. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh my I do God. have some math here because I was interested. He said yeah. um, he's run 65,000 miles is what he says. Mm-hmm. That's a third of the way to the sun the, or the moon. And he wants mm-hmm. to run all the way to the moon. Actually, the math is 65,000 miles is three times that is 195,000. Okay. Because a third. And mm-hmm. we are actually 238,855 miles from the moon. Oh. So his math was off. Or he okay. was just trying to generalize. But I did want to know. Yeah. So that's a Wait. So how far away are we from the moon again? 238,855 miles. Okay. Wow. Okay, good to know. And then he wants to, he says that it only needs to be how many miles? He's 65. He's at 65. And he he quotes, that's a third of the way to the moon. But if that were accurate, it would be 195. Oh, So he's almost 100,000 miles off. Okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. And then Andy in the office is the one that knows all the distances to the sun, right? Like when Gabe is interviewing him. Is it the sun or the moon? I think it's the no, sun. No, yeah, it's, yeah, he knows a lot of that. <laughs> Stop talking about the freaking sun, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, so funny. All is right, it well, or is it when he interviews Dwight? No, it's when no, Gabe right. it's is interviewing Andy. Andy for the manager position. Yeah, yeah. You're and he right. like random and like Andy somehow randomly knows that question when Gabe was trying to throw him off. That's right. <laughs> and then Jim's he goes into his car like, and he's like, I did not like the outcome of that interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop talking stuff. about the sun. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. So good. Um, when. OK, so this next part like is a gut punch because Ben says that Pawnee isn't special. I really was so sad and so angry. He was like, well, no, he changes. your town isn't angry. Yeah, I know. He does later. But he's like, your town, Pawnee isn't special. It was so mm-hmm. sad. Yeah. It's, and then yeah. it says that she's not essential. And um, it's so I know, funny. I know like, your badge what? says it. <laughs> yeah. You can't determine that. I know. I know your badge says it. <laughs> and then it's so funny when she's like, what? This isn't me. And then Ben looks the camera. And I thought it was really interesting, actually, because that's like the Ben look to camera is very similar to the Jim look to camera, mm-hmm. although different, obviously, because different characters. But I was like, oh, he auditioned for Jim. So he's still got his look to camera moment. He did. Yep. And he does it several times throughout the series. Right. Um, I also think that it's really interesting because uh, so you'll see it at the end. But the joke was on the commentary, they mentioned that at the beginning, like I'll zoom in to it, but um, and take a picture and post it on our stories. But the uh, the picture on her badge is really awful. Like she has her eyes closed and it's just <laughs> like she's not even there and like present on that day. And then but she's smiling. So she just blinked and it was a bad picture. But then like when she turns to essential at the end, she takes a better picture and she's like really there and i thought that was so interesting and detailed that is interesting yeah and then she has this line about idaho which was wild <laughs> well pawnee is better um, than idaho right I've, i like the idea that she has to say it multiple times because <laughs> she was like i've said it before and i'll say it again <laughs> um and it's interesting that mike sure on the commentary said that the team well not on the commentary but i think i had found this that him and the writing team had researched that um idaho when the global recession was happening that was one of the places that had to really shut down and do some reworking so that was based on some some real facts you mentioned that in master plan part one actually oh 
Oh yeah, I don't. Did I mention it? Idaho. I don't. You even mentioned Idaho. Idaho. Oh, Idaho's okay, Parks great. Department or, or the National Park Service oh, okay. from Idaho. Okay, yeah. awesome. So yeah, we're just getting that even more drilled down, which is um, kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, so now I'm at where Chris comes to find Ann Perkins, and Ann is like Chris something because she's like <laughs> Ann Perkins, Chris something. <laughs> Yeah, which he says he, you know, she's like, oh, you're not even sweating. And he's like, yeah, I have a resting heart rate. It's actually and I am pretty sure I'm right on this because I started sweating like extra when I was working out more. Uh And there's it's actually your body when you start moving a lot sweats earlier, the better shape you're in because your your brain is already um, triggered to know that you're working out. Mm interesting and it's preparing to cool you down right right so that's Hmm. i read that in an article in women's health in 2010 or 11 interesting okay good to know good to know just yeah i don't know why i feel the reason to fact check everything that happens in this well it's very (laughs) i like the fact checking and it's also i mean it is a very factual thing that it sounds like he's saying so it's interesting to know what actually is the reality you Mm -hmm. know uh, yeah. of like the our human world as opposed to the parks world if that makes would, sense yeah I would also be very concerned if someone's heart rate was resting at 28 beats per minute that's what mm-hmm. he says right yeah is it 28 beats per minute yeah uh-huh. that's scary why that's really really it's slow low. do you um, want to hear what it would be yeah I got you My metronome doesn't even go that low. So here's 30. Mm. I think the average, like a healthy heart is like 50, 55 or something like that. Yeah. 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 I wonder if turtle, we need to look that up too about the turtles because doesn't he say that too? That it's like resting heart rate. Uh, or no, wait, he doesn't say that. Somebody else says that. I heard that hmm. somewhere. Like turtles have really low ha- heart rates or something like that. And that's why they live so long. Interesting. 25 so. beats per minute is the no- normal heart rate of a turtle. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where I heard that. <laughs> I don't know why I know that. <laughs> I don't know either. That's, that's yeah, weird. hilarious. Um, yeah, healthy, healthy resting, normal resting, healthy heart rate for a human is 60 to 100. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah. So, but I think having low ones make makes it seem like you could um, what you call it um, live longer. I don't know. Yeah, your heart's not working as fast. I think if you have right. a resting heart rate of a hundred, that's that's a little extreme. I'm yeah. usually sitting at about sixty three. Gotcha. I need to know what mine is. My heart rate's been high lately, which is all the high blood pressure stuff. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, then we learned that uh, the doctors say that, or scientists have studied him, and they say he could pump jet fuel up into an airplane. Which Inaccurate. That doesn't make sense to me, okay? Because, okay, regardless of, like, the science of if that could happen or whatever, but, like, it sounds like the airplane is already up there, and then how would they get the jet fuel to the airplane is my question. Right. Is there, like, a yeah, tube I don't or something? Yeah, great question. I'm sorry to fact check this, Chris. I know no. it's supposed to be funny, <laughs> and it is hilarious. It is it's hilarious just fascinating to me because it's like, why that makes no sense. Yeah, um, and he says it's so factually and so fast, and he's like, yeah. "This is real." <laughs> this is yeah, this is real. But anyway, he oh go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say he like a, he asks um, 
I, I just do love how persistent he is and how logical, direct he is. Like, I think you could find me attractive because you got drunk and kissed me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, yeah, I but he love- gives her space. Yeah, he gives her space. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's persistent, but he also is like, okay, I'll try again later. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they were joking on the commentary that uh, Amy Poehler says she likes when she sees Anne at work. And Rashida was like, yeah, because it reminds you that she actually works. <laughs> and so we're not <laughs> the only ones that think that. <laughs> yeah. Valid. I have a Which thought about hilarious. that later in the episode, too. Okay. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah, I was just thinking with that airplane thing that maybe it would make more sense if his heart could power the airplane itself like electricity kind of thing but i don't get Mm -hmm. the jet fuel thing but regardless it was funny (laughs) it was a funny line when it happened but you can't dive too deep into these things you know what i mean yeah correct (laughs) yeah um and then our favorite nurse uh of ann's paula is her name comes back and she's like that's the guy that you don't want to go out with like what part are you uh, are you not looking at I love yeah. her delivery. It's so good. Yeah. Like, why don't you want to go out with him? Um, but friendly reminder, her name is Nicole Pettis. She's worked a ton. She was also in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is cool. But we last saw her on the Halloween episode, a.k.a. the Pachitis episode, where her and the other nurse try to get Mark to go home with them. And at that time, um, so you want to get out of here, was their lines, which was so funny. Uh, and Mark looks to camera. I'll never forget that. What a good yeah, moment. Yeah, so good. Okay, so the first um, voice memo that she sent in um, was about her audition. And, um, you know, like we ask everybody about their audition. So here is what she said to that. And thank you for sending it in. Hello, uh, this is Nicole Pettis. I just want to say thanks for having me. I am going to just go through your list of questions. And if anything pops up in my head, I'm just going to say it. Just wing it. Um, so looking at your first question, I think you asked me, do I remember anything about the audition? And I will say, not really. <laughs> it was so long ago. But I think at the time, I was excited in general to get anything comedy related because all I've ever wanted to do my entire life was make people laugh. I was the goofball of my family. I always like cheering people up. So I love making people laugh. Now, the funny thing about Hollywood in general um, is your previous work kind of dictates your future work. So whatever you were doing before is pretty much what you get called in to do all the time. So I remember thinking, I just want to be funny. And I would get auditions for like, right now you're going to be a soldier in a war. Like, okay, I'll be a soldier in a funny role. No, it's not okay. That's fine. So I think I was generally excited when I saw Parks and Rec because I saw comedy and I thought, this is awesome. I get to play and I get to have fun um, and do something a little lighter and hopefully make people laugh. So that's what I think I remember most about it is that excitement of, oh, goodness, I hope I get to be on a sitcom one day. And that's kind of like, you know, what fell into my lap. That is so cool. Oh, my gosh. And so great that she got her dream of being on a sitcom. And well, mostly for us also uh, and for her, too, of course, because she's so great. And that we got to see that and she got to have her dream. So um, here is uh, the second question. So do I remember being on set when Rob Lowe's character was asking Anne out? And I do. Um, we were kind of off camera obviously while Anne was on and uh, Rob was supposed to jog into frame 
And first of all, I remember being off camera. He was going in first. I was going in second. And I thought, I cannot believe this is my life. Like, I, I cannot believe that I get to watch these super duper um, high power workers in this town do what they do so well. And I remember just admiring how seriously Rob took it. Like, I didn't interact with him much, you know, and make small talk or anything like that. Kind of, especially when you're starting out, your whole point is basically to go in there, you know, be professional, do your job, don't bug a ton of people, <laughs> so to speak, and just kind of roll out. That's kind of how you do it. So um, you also don't know how people prepare. So you want to be cognizant of that. But I remember thinking like, he's already in game mode well before he's on camera. And I just remember admiring, like, I cannot believe that I get to witness this type of um, excellence, really. Uh, and I was definitely one of those actors who was like, never one of those, can we take a picture on set? Like, I wasn't one of those people typically, even though it was great for promotion and things like that. So it wasn't like I said, hey, after this, can we take a pic? But I just remember thinking to myself, like, I'm just glad that I get to say that I was... Um, that I had the honor and, and pleasure of working with such cool people and watching them do what they do best. So that's what I would say. That's what I remember most is him prepping to walk into that scene and how seriously he took it and thinking to myself, like, that's the kind of actor I want to be. And repeatedly, because you do it more than once, right? Like, you're not just going to do one take and move on. Repeatedly, I saw us go back to one, which means you, you know, go back to your first position for the scene. And start all over again. And I just remember thinking, like clockwork, every single time you see him reset in that level of professionalism, no matter what was going on in the take before it. And I just remember thinking, yeah, yeah, like I want to be that kind of person. I want to be that disciplined in my craft to still have fun, still make it fresh every time, still make it, you know, because um, improv is a big thing on that set, obviously. So every take is not the same. But just thinking, I want to be able to do that. Like, I want to be able to do this um, and enjoy myself as well. So that's what I remember thinking about that particular scene. That is amazing to hear about Rob Lowe because he's been in the business for so many years. So I feel like it could be really easy to get like complacent or whatever. But so cool to hear that he is a professional all of the time and very Chris Trigger like it sounds like. Um, OK, so I asked her about the Greg uh, Pakaitis episode and uh, how that all came together and what her memories were. So that's this one. This was a fun one, man. Oh, my gosh. I think I just remember once again, having a pinch me moment. If I remember correctly, we shot, it was an overnight shoot. Um, and it was on a lot. It wasn't in a house. It looked like a house, but it was, you know, the sets are amazing. That's why we have these incredible people who can build all these wonderful home-like looking sets, <laughs> but it was not a house. Um, and I remember thinking like, Okay, it's a Halloween episode. And when I got the script, I just remember laughing because I thought, okay, my character... Paula, who I wanted to make like, you know, slightly cynical, slightly like not overt in your face, but just blunt. I just wanted her to be blunt, you know, and the fact that she just didn't dress up for Halloween and she came in her nurse's uniform like that's going to be good enough was just hilarious. I just was like, OK, we just going to come straight from the hospital looking like this is the best you're going to get. Deal with it. And um, I just remember having fun. 
we were, you know, there was a lot of improv in that scene. And the one thing that I do remember is Dean Holland, who, come on, is a genius. They all are because they're fearless in their direction and they have fun and they're not afraid to try different things that are off script, which as an actor, you absolutely love because you just get you get to be so creative. And um, he had me try hitting on uh, the character Mark. <laughs> which was not scripted whatsoever. And he's like, you know, I'm just kind of hit on him, say this uh, at the end of the, at the end of the scene. And so I do it and it's just hilarious and it's stuck. And that's one of the takes that they used. And I, I just thinking to myself, like, I, he's a genius. Like he's just good at this. And that's why he is who he is. Um, but I remember Mark thinking like, where, wait, what? <laughs> and of course he went with it because we took the scene um, stuck and that's the one that made it. But I just remember laughing to myself like, I, I can't imagine what it's like to work on this seat, this um, this show every day, you know, just to have that level of play and to have that level of spontaneity. Uh, you don't get that a lot, a lot of times with drama, especially because, you know, the words have to to hit a certain way. Whereas with comedy, you do kind of get more leeway, um, in my opinion. So I remember that vividly and thinking this this is a really good this is a really good time um, for me, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, that is incredible and makes me love Dean Holland even more. Uh, and just all the directors are phenomenal, but also like teamwork because she did so incredibly with the things that were just given to her on that day. I love about I, I love that, and we talk about it all the time. Uh, when I get out of here, but anyway, so this is what she is now thinking um, for the next director of Freddy Spaghetti. Yes, so the director for uh, Freddy Spaghetti was Jason, and also incredible. Really funny, gives great direction. Uh, also off the cuff with the humor and the buttons, is if I remember correctly. And then, what's so cool about him is um, he's he just kind of lets you go. Like you got, he, I could tell that he kind of just sees what comes naturally in a scene, which I enjoyed watching because sometimes things would land and sometimes they wouldn't. But I don't think he was worried at all. I think like, you know, he threw some ideas out there and we all went with it and the scenes turned out great. The one that I was in, um, I really enjoyed working with him and I had the pleasure of working with him again. So years later, because, dude, I'm telling you, it's a small town. People think Hollywood is huge, but it's really a small town. I got to work with him. Uh, we did six uh, episodes for uh, MailChimp. They were going to have a streaming service. So we did a six-episode series called The Trade Show Show. And it was about all these folks that get to do uh, or come to trade shows trying to basically make it big. And again, he is so good. I mean, it turned out excellent. So Jason will forever be, because I've seen him now on two different projects and got to work with him personally. He will always be one of my favorites, like always one of my favorites. If he ever comes a call in, I am definitely down because the guy makes some funny stuff. So yeah, I'm glad I got that chance to meet him years ago and then get to work with him again recently. It was pretty cool. That is so wild that MailChimp had a streaming service. Um, I guess everybody was trying to do the streaming service thing 
at the time, slash probably kind of still is. Um, but yeah, that's so cool. I would have loved to see those six episodes. I'm sorry that it didn't get like out into the world, but I'm glad that she got to work with um, Jason Wallner again. And hopefully we can like get them both on the podcast one day or just Jason or just Nicole or whatever. We can have a little reunion moment. But regardless, that is so cool. And thank you so much for sending those. That's awesome. You were great. Love it so much. Um, so thank you to Nicole for messaging and sending things in regardless. Uh, so and for just messaging me back. So anyway, I love her performance. And she also comes back, I feel, in another episode, but I can't remember. So regardless. Very possible. We do go back to the hotel. You mean the hospital? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I said hotel. <laughs> I've been doing that all week. It's all good. Uh, yeah, the brain. Yeah. The brain. Fickle, fickle thing. Um, yeah. I do get, I was going to say, I do get why Anne doesn't want to date him right now. It total, it makes total sense that she's hesitant. 100%. You know what I mean? Yep. 100%. She's being really yeah. super self-aware and like, I mean, she could just have fun with him, I guess, but I think that she knows that she's going to get tied up. I think, I think she sees him as having more potential than that. Mm. You know, whereas later on in later seasons, she, it's, I know exactly what episode it is, the fight. She's with, um, the douche. Yeah. Right. That's true. And she's because like, I'm she's in that fun. she's in that space. Yeah. Where I'm just having fun. I know this isn't a serious yeah. thing. It's like she knows that Chris is a boyfriend that's worth spending time mm. on. He's like a guy that she would actually date. And so that's, I think, why she doesn't want to jump into Interesting. it. Yeah. I think that she's just like still messed up with uh, Andy and Mark because she's like, uh, this is just not going to work right now. I'm not into it. Not feeling mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? But could yeah. be both. So uh, apparently there was a joke they took out. Um, they didn't say what the joke was, but uh, it was really great because Mike Schur, uh said that it was more of the writing than the performance, which was nice of him to say. Like, Anne was mm-hmm. like, wait, that got cut. And um, Mike Schur was just like, no, really. I mean, it was just it wasn't that funny of a joke. And I thought that was really interesting because they always talk about how um, the best thing for the show and how funny always wins. So there's no like hard feelings. It's just like, was it funny or not? And I think that's great right. to hear and be reminded of. Yeah. I think, I think you need that. Definitely. Um, okay. So this is our, the sad moment. I have to tell you that Mark Brandana <laughs> is one of my favorite lines in this entire show. And I don't know why. <laughs> it's the, but there's something about it. It's so good. It's great. That and um, when Andy's running through the hallways and he goes, Mark, Brandana wins. <laughs> yes. Is, goes those are two doors. of my favorite things. Yeah. I don't know why, but it's something about his last name that just I find hilarious. Absolutely. Tom, when Tom says uh, Brandana wins, I have that stuck in my head all the time. I don't know why, but it, it's <laughs> just like that cute little sting jingle. Love it. Yeah. Four one out for Mark. It's so sad. We find out that he accepted a buyout mm-hmm. and he now works for Norton Construction, which, by the way, is the same construction company that did contracting for the government that sent them that gift basket that Leslie gets in trouble for. Um, having uh, I did not clock that. Nice. Crazy, job. right? Um, and that mm-hmm. April drank that wine. Um, and so that was an awesome detail. Um, but yes, oh, I guess I've been pronouncing your name wrong. Mark. it's so good oh my god i i have to just relate with mark here really really quickly not necessarily that i am Mm -hmm. mark but that i understand where Mm -hmm. he's coming from because he says not everybody has the passion and the enthusiasm for the work that you do and i think that's so accurate i think there are very there are clumps of jobs and behavioral health is 100 one of them where if you're not passionate about it you you got to get out because A, 
the burnout. Yeah. B, this is true of government and behavioral health. It doesn't pay well enough for you to not love right. it. You know, like it's got to be fulfilling you in some way. Yeah. And we've known this entire time that this doesn't fulfill Mark. Right. Right. So I think he's he saw it as she's she feels betrayed, but he sees it as I have the opportunity to go do something that I'm actually going to enjoy. Right. Doing. Well, and he's doing the same thing, but like getting paid more. And, you know, I know it was like everyone thinks that he's a sellout or whatever, or Leslie thinks that he's a sellout. But mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely especially with his talking head. Oh, it's so good. And like just talking about all the shit that he like had that that went on the literal shit. Of the pigeon that was on mm-hmm. <laughs> shit on him. His performance of that talking head, by the way, was so good. I love it. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I I kind of relate to him as well, like that character, why he would want to leave. Right. Um, I also love that he he bonded with you on the pigeons there. Yeah, definitely. Oh my god. It's so good. And I was inside. Yeah, and I was inside, so it's so good. Also, so well delivered. It's so well delivered. Also, did you notice that those pigeons are black? They're mm-hmm. not the usual gray. And I was like, this is yeah, like I have a- that noted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're darker than usual. Like, is that a lighting thing or are they different birds? I think they're different birds. I okay. think they're different birds. That's what I'm going to say. I'm sticking to it. Maybe it's not, but I think they are. Um, and it's like a dark evil pigeon almost. Uh, or like <laughs> mourning for his departure. You know what I mean? Like with the black, I got all symbolism-y. Mm. But I mean. Yeah. I love it. Incidence? Maybe. Get, a, get analytical. <laughs> um, but that it's so sad. This was definitely the Eeyore mark. Our guy <laughs> yeah. just mm-hmm. had to get out of there. Mike Schur and Amy Poehler in the commentary both said such good things about Mark um, or and Paul Schneider. Uh, you know, oh, like mm-hmm. Mike Schur said it was great acting in this scene. Um, like, he, yeah, he, his character was like, yeah, I should have known that Leslie was going to knock all these things out of my hands. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he kind of pauses and stares at her. Um, and Amy Poehler, you know, on the commentary was like, yes, the great Paul Schneider. And so... Mm. I love that. Uh, and then Retta also said that her brother texted her and said that Brandana quits was also his favorite line. So that was interesting to me. And I think everybody loves it. So I love it. So I love that you That's love awesome. it too. I'm not alone. No, you are not. Never. You are not alone. MJ. Anyway. Okay. Shouldn't talk about yeah. him. Anyways. <laughs> uh, Moving on. <laughs> so then we see um, we're at Tom's house. Slash apartment. Yeah. Those are his fucking sexy PJs, Holly. Sexy (laughs) pajamas. I just, I don't know if it's if I just like like a rugged dude, but like sexy PJs to me are like boxers or briefs, man. Interesting. Why why are you wearing the rest of the shit? I don't need the silky, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I don't don't need. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't need whatever this flannel. Well, see, to me, it looks silky. Or silky. Yeah, whatever. This full, but it's a full ensemble. Right. <laughs> you know? Like now I have to unbutton your shirt. Oh, he's got it unbuttoned. And take pants off. <laughs> I, that's, I know. I think it's because they were in the middle of this. They were about to get started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was like, oh, Tom. And Leslie trying to give him advice. I was like, are this using is protection? Awkward. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Amy Poehler on the commentary was like, Aziz was pretty hairy in that one, weren't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> also, it was great because uh, on the commentary, Aziz also said that he improvised a line about boys to men being on, like in one of the takes. And then so. Oh, really? Yeah. And so they, Mike Sher was like, oh my gosh, we got to, we got to option that song. We got to clear that song. And so that's really interesting to me. 
that they did that. Uh, that was an Aziz line. And the song is called Bended Knee, if anyone was curious. Okay. Also, okay, can you help me understand? And maybe any guys can, if you don't know, can help me. But what, why are you taking four Benadryls? Like, I don't get it. Like, you're going to pass out before you even take your pants off, yeah. homie. I don't, I also don't know. I don't get the dulling your sensitivity because don't you want to feel the pleasure? Does it hurt you? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's trying not to, to finish as fast, you know? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> this is where we need the dick breaks. <laughs> I know, but then... I almost I don't I would want to go back because now that's what I'm thinking happened and I can't picture his face when Leslie tells him not to make it last too long. <laughs> so what if he took the Benadryl so that it would last longer and then Leslie's like girls don't like it when it lasts long and then he's like fuck They're like oops oh my god <laughs> that is so funny what a nice little story yeah. and weird story that we're creating I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it too. <laughs> Keep it going. Oh, my God. Well, so now um, Leslie is with Anne at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And they show... Anne time. Yeah, it's a little Anne time. They do show an exterior shot of the Pawnee Medical Center and friendly reminder that that's at a hospital in Burbank, uh, L.A., Los Angeles, called Providence St. Joseph. Uh, and side note, I've been there. Um, I think I might have mentioned this when they showed this hospital before. Um, I had, like, a really awful eye infection one time when I left my contacts in. I can't remember if I told you that, um, but mm. it was so bad. And my dad was in town and I like slept with my contacts in for like not very long at all. Cause, and then I woke up in the middle uh, or not the middle of the night. It was probably like, I don't know, 11 maybe because I think I'd fallen asleep by like 10. So it was all, I think I was only asleep for like an hour and then I woke up and I was like, oh shit, I got to like take out my contacts. And it turned out that there was like little open wounds all over my, the front of my eye and they had to like give me medicine and stuff. And I like couldn't open my eyes. I had to go to the emergency room. It was awful. Oh my gosh. That's insane. I know it is insane. So that's why to this day I only wear daily contacts if I wear them. I very rarely ever wear contacts anymore. Like Uh, if unless a show like specifically wants me to like I really only go out for roles where they'd accept me with glasses. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, that's fair. Awful. But anyway, so that was um, that hospital, Providence St. Joseph. Uh, And then I also had to be sent to an actual eye doctor, not optometrist, but ophthalmologist. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're the ones that actually fixed it. The ER people were just like, here's some numbing shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> <So> cool. <laughs> which, like, that doesn't solve my problem. But uh, thank you all get through the night, I guess. About it. Yeah. Um, ERs are useless. Oh, it's it's a lot. It's expensive. Uh, but anyway, um, the whole Inside Hospital set is on this stage at CBS Radford. Um, they were really okay. talking about that and saying that that was wonderful. It's massive, huge. Um, I thought that was so cool to me because they also have a huge city hall set. So uh, all of that is, you know, studios, which is nuts. I mean, it looks so good. So props to the art yeah. department, which Amy Poehler also said on the commentary, like totally the department, the art department made this look so good. Mm hmm. Agreed. Um, I love this. Is this one she says? Mm, I don't think so. Yes. What? Is this one she says, I call Leslie and oftentimes she's already on her way over? Yeah, it is. Okay. I couldn't remember if that was later for some reason. Anyway. Yeah. This literally, I have a line written that I was like, I wish we lived in the same city like this because I feel like we would do this. Yeah. And I think that's one of like the crappiest things about not living in the same state is like we don't go we don't go days without talking like now but i mean 
I mean, we'll go like 24 or 48 hours. I mean, we have gone days without talking, though. There's just like too much going on. You know what I mean? And it's fair. It is And we're understanding of each Uh other, you know. But at the same time, like I said, we do a really good job keeping in touch for the fact that we live so far away from each Mm -hmm. other. But like there are times where I'm like, I would do all of this with Holly Holly, if she was here. I know. Like this is what I would want to do with Holly if she was here. Like it would be nice if we could just like, hey, schedule a time to go get a drink or something. Yeah, like, and I know, I feel like we would do it all the time. And I, I feel like I don't spend a lot of time with girlfriends here. Mm. And it's, it, I I love the friends that I do have here, but there are times where I'm like, I really just would love to go to the meadery with Holly. Oh, I'm going to go like, to the that's meadery. That's what I want to do. I want to do that. Yeah, we, we should go when you come. Yeah, that would be so fun. Make it happen. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, I love the meadery. Well, and I'll say like, even people that I live in the same state with, I don't talk to every day. It just depends. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I think I you know, it's not necessarily that. It's like I know what you're saying. I yeah. Like being able I to think meet we up, just, we would like hang out yeah, more if we were able whenever. to drive to yeah. each other. Yeah. Or like yeah. 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 It's it's hard. Long yeah. distance is hard. <laughs> yeah. And time zone changes. Oh my god, too. time zones are stupid. I hate them. Like my brother when the time changed, he was then three hours ahead of me. Like and you you would be surprised, like two versus three. It doesn't seem like it's that yeah. much. But the ability for us to watch shows together yeah. like decreased so heavily. Right. Ugh. So sucks. yeah. It. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, you had said this line, I think, already, but I love this less man time, more and time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Children's concert are uh, she says children's concerts aren't a priority anymore, you know? What is sewage? Pawnee's kids are less important sewage. than poop tubes. <laughs> poop tubes. <laughs> I think that's my favorite line. <laughs> That's beautiful. Poop tubes. It's a lovely line. Whoever came up with that. It's so funny it and great. so gross. It has all of the qualities of a good joke, you know? Yeah. <laughs> also love that she says Accurate. the ukulele doubles as a water gun. I want that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how that's like possible at all, but that's a great idea. Um, <laughs> I would imagine that uh, what's his ass <laughs> from the office who does suck it would also do this. The ukulele. Oh, David Wallace. David Wallace. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, Anne has this great idea to have a concert in the lot behind her house. I love it. Anne, you devious bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. So now we're at Anne's house and Leslie has set up shop. She has her cork board <laughs> with all these ideas and she's nervous that no one's going to show up. Um, I yeah. love this whole like little moment when she tells people to be there at eight and we like, you know, we, we know this for sure that, um, Anne's going to be there. Obviously she's right there, but right. It, I love this question that Anne's like, or not question, but I love that she's like, well, you might need to prepare yourself for the fact that no one was going to come and then people do show up. And then I also love that she says, uh, cause this is what I do. And I think you do it too, where, um, when Anne asks, like, do you think people are going to come? She's like, Hey, yes. B, even if no one does, we'll do it ourselves. See, but yeah, they'll definitely come. But also D, maybe not. D, maybe. <laughs> maybe not. Go back and forth. Yeah. No, 100%. Same, same thing. And then Anne's interior. Um, yeah, same thing. Anne's interior is a set. I did not know this. I thought that the. Oh, I thought it was an actual house. Yeah, the outside is a house. Um, mm-hmm. But on the commentary, uh, Rashida Jones was like, this looks so flawless. Like the cut from the ins or from the outside exterior to the inside she was like i can't believe that's not a house it just seems like it's flowing and i was like what so yeah that is a set which is so crazy wow but the outside really is um a house in van nuys so and then jerry comes god bless you jerry gergich (laughs) everyone's shocked that she says that yeah 
And then, of course, pushes him out of the way as, the, as soon as April walks Yes, in the immediately. Door. But go get stuff out of the truck. Even And then he's like not <laughs> supposed to. Oh, my gosh. Because he has like a medical problem, as per always with Jerry. Also, I really hate. Well, my th- doctor said I should avoid. And she says being a wuss. I agree. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> being a wuss. Oh, my God. So mean. Also, I don't like when Anne says or when April says, yes, Anne, I want pancakes. Yeah, don't like that. And I also I also feel a little bit like Leslie here. Like, is that why Anne's here? Or is yeah. she here to help with the concert? Yeah, Leslie. Yeah. Come on. I love the way Rashida acts Me this too. though. The way she performs this, the uh okay. Yeah. Is so well done. Yeah. Cause you can see I that she it. wants to say why? No. No. Yeah. What? Like, no, I made pancakes for you and me earlier because we're besties and you were here early enough to right. do it. Right. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. There is a deleted scene where Leslie is eating pancakes from a bowl. Oh, my God. And she literally has the syrup like up to the top of a bowl of the bowl like it's milk for cereal. And Anne is oh, like, are you eating me gross? Ma- like, why are you eating that out of a bowl? And she's like, how else are you supposed to keep the syrup from spilling? What? Like, she has so much syrup in there. It was so wild. <laughs> how is she not? Diabetic. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't how know. is she not one of the Pawnee diabetics oh my god diabetes so now i'm at where they're at the budget meeting do you have anything before that uh no i have a slash it slash slash oh my god as my next note yeah ben says the budget needs to be cut by 32 percent, and ron says let's make it an even 40 percent. and i (laughs) we don't need to do that that's really not necessary is what ben says i like, oh, I know this is kind of like what you I think this might be where you were with Chris try, trying to be factual and stuff and mm-hmm. like okay is that really true I was like really angry with Ron where I know that's not the point of this like moment but I was so upset with him I was like you're being such a fucking dick you're so callous like get out of this I love that yeah. this worker next to him says would you mind not gloating like a lot of people are going to lose their jobs and I love how she, serious this lady was and her like serious facial expression I was 100% on her side and also I wanted to me- give her a little shout out her name is Julia Silverman and she has worked a ton she was in Gilmore Girls a year in the life that yeah. like Netflix later yeah. thing the revival version of that Ray Donovan General Hospital a bunch of short films that she also produced as well um nice so that's great so that was Julia and I loved her performance and she mm-hmm. spoke for all well I won't say all of us but she spoke for me for sure when she was like can you not gloat about this well and he doesn't care about about it until they talk about less right that's true that's true like and I feel like a lot of people are like this and if you are it is what it is because we want to protect our own. But a lot of people are like, yeah, let's let's do this. Let's change this. Let's do this. And then when it affects their people, they're like, oh, never mind. Let's not. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I think that was kind of the point from the writer's perspective from what I was reading and stuff. And they mentioned this, I think, either Mike Schur said it or somebody said it on one of my like fan pages that I was uh, in my research saying that like, even though, or maybe one of the critics says it, but like that was kind of like what came across was that like, even though Ron is callous about his own job and he hates his own job, he still really loves his employees. So True. yeah, that is a, and a good perspective, Wade, you know, um, so I don't, this line that's like, just saying that just gave me a sound. It's like, dude. <laughs> I know. Why does that make you horny? Yeah. Stop it. I, yeah, I can't. Ugh. Chris is eating popcorn out of a cup, which is one of my favorite ways to eat that snack, especially at yeah. like work. Did you see that? 
Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's great. I love that I love detail. eating popcorn out of a cup. And then I always go back for six more cups, and it's like I should have just taken them Yeah, out. I know. Same. Same, same, same. Um, Leslie calls Ron here at this moment and says, we're going to do the concert with or without you. I love it enough for the both of us. Yes. At nine minutes, 10 seconds, uh-huh. though, his phone goes off and does the gunshot. Right. It looks as though the camera moves. Ooh. <gasps> and it almost, I can't, I couldn't tell if it was the camera moving or if he moved and then everybody jumped because I almost wondered if he triggered it. <gasps> like he had the timer. So if you go back and and watch yeah, that, there's some weird camera. So these are the things I think could have happened. Yeah. Either he's the one triggering it. So he goes down while everybody else is going up and that gives that like really wiggly thing. Yeah. I like visually for us or the sh- gunshot also scared whoever is holding the camera. I think, yeah, that's what I would imagine. I was thinking yeah. that too. Like, so, it, I, the yeah. extras really do seem to jump, you know? Yeah. No, I watched I watched it three or four times to see if I could figure out what was going on. Mm. And But it was. it's very clear that there's something going on when that gunshot right. goes off. Which means that that shot must, or that sound must have not been added in post. Right. You know? That's fascinating. Yeah. Okay, good call. I'll have to go back and watch that part. Yeah. Um, nine minutes, ten seconds, everybody. Fun okay. times. Love it. Um, yeah, so she says she's going to do this. Uh, I also would like to know, I know we find out that everything was donated by local vendors, which is awesome, uh, for free. But I wonder about that stage sometimes. Like, did they already have that for other events that they've done? Or did they have to spend money on that? Or did a local vendor donate that as well, you know? I mean, the only thing that I could think of where somebody might have donated that was like maybe a school. Because sometimes schools make those. Oh, yeah. That's true. Uh, you mean like the, the stage uh, the was stage. owned or by a school? Could have been. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I'm sure that somebody like has the stages, you know what I mean? Like set up somewhere. I don't know. Or maybe, yeah, maybe a local vendor donated it. Whatever. The point is we have a stage and we need to use it. Also, we have a moon bounce and it's 16 minutes for premium bounce. (laughs) 16 minutes. I love it. I love it so much. Um, This line where Donna says Freddy's spaghetti is notoriously funky. That line was cut apparently in the original airing. That was not in the original show. So I thought that was really hilarious. Okay. Yeah. Notoriously Makes sense that I didn't catch that. I think it's a great line and just so interesting because these, the idea of a kid's performer being like gross and nasty, (laughs) even though he's supposed to be wholesome and pure. Um, (laughs) And then Tom is bragging about having sex because he's like, she spent the night and then I made her breakfast because we were doing sex stuff in the middle of that. (laughs) Yeah. I... This line that Lucy says, I have used it. I can't remember with who. I love but I've it. I've used it. The um, you guys know him well enough that I don't have to apologize for his behavior, right? <laughs> yes. Like, like I've used that. I can't remember who I used. Oh it my with. god, that's awesome! Just straight out Probably the gate, you know. Like you guys know he's crazy, right? So I'm not going to say anything else. You guys get this. Yeah, I love that. I mm-hmm. love this character so much. She played it so well. That writing was great. Oh, she she in my head is perfect for Tom. I might have said that in the last yeah, episode. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, love it. But yeah. Um, April's still being a little child about not wanting to talk to Andy because she takes Jerry's job of hanging up the flyers and... Which she would never do Never, never. Also, I mean, Andy could have... I was just thinking about this. Andy could have moved on, but he's kind of fighting for her in this way and she's kind of being a butt. He is. Yeah. I, this whole episode is an emotional roller coaster for me with them. Yeah. Because... 
It's supposed to be, dude. Way. It's crazy. Yeah. So he follows her. And I, I, I do have to give April credit here. Mm-hmm. Speaking from personal experience, too. I, he's, he's going after her and he's like, they finally are like, I like you. I like you, too. Like, okay, we're on the same page. We like each other. And then she's like, I can't, I can't be with you. Yeah. Because whenever I see you talk to Anne, I feel like you have feelings yeah. for her. And he's like, but I don't, but I don't, but I don't. And I believe Andy 100%. Uh-huh. I believe he doesn't have feelings for her anymore. But I also understand where April's coming from, where she feels this pain mm-hmm. when she sees them together. Yeah. And they run in the same circles. So it's not like it's not going to happen. So I feel like April's almost, she's protecting herself in a way. And she's needing to get to a point where she she really does believe it because she doesn't believe it right, right. now. Yeah, and I agree with that. I have to respect that. Yeah, I totally so, get it because it's not always like that the other person doesn't have feelings. It's how you're perceiving it and if you're ready right. to accept it yet. Yeah. Which she just isn't. So, But I, but I also love her her reaction isn't to say, well, you can't be with, you can't ever see Anne anymore if we're together. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because I've also seen that in, in relationships where it's like, well, you can't talk to that, that person never works. anymore. And sometimes I back it because it makes sense. And sometimes it's like, but now you're being that person where you're making them choose. Yeah, I hate that. And you want them to choose on their own, not because you, made them. you gave them an ultimatum. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. A hundred percent. Or like, and sometimes it's in the instances where like they don't need to stop talking to that person. Like, but the other person just feels really weird about it, which like I can respect in some circumstances. But, but yeah, I think what you said is perfect. Like you want them to choose it on their own and have them be an individual person. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It doesn't make me feel good that I have to tell you to do this stuff. (laughs) You know what I mean? So why would I even bother? Like, and also why would I, if I feel this way, why would I want to like waste my time? Like, why wouldn't I just want to go be with somebody that I like don't have to worry about that stuff with? You know what I mean? Right. Or like, why wouldn't the other person like want to just leave in general so that they don't have to make these ultimatums? You know what I mean? I know it's not all black and white, obviously, but anyway, um, oh, I wanted to say when she spits out the hay bale, um, the, or like the little piece of a hay bale uh, or like the straw. She said that she improvised that. And the director, Jason Walliner, said that she shouldn't because it wouldn't make the final cut. But she did it anyway. And it did. So I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, And then let's see. Well, well I'm kind of skipping a tiny bit ahead. But I do want to mention that Mike Schur and Chris Pratt on the commentary at this point said that they had this idea for um. Andy getting into a motorcycle accident a lot like a long time ago before this like they were saying that a motorcycle would be for the next time that he gets injured because you know he's always getting into something or getting injured so like they had this idea for the motorcycle um, bajillion years ago and then when they had the stunt person that fell into the pit for Andy uh, and he like mm-hmm. busted his head or whatever. That guy who's named as Joe Bacaro, who I'll go on a deep dive about a little bit later, uh, was known for doing motorcycle stunts. And Chris Pratt was like, uh, he can do a motorcycle stunt. So Andy should be do a motorcycle stunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that's how that came to be, which is really interesting. That's cool. Yeah. And then I'm at where now where Ann and Tom have a cute moment. They really do. And he ruins it. I but. Know. It is a nice moment where he does tell her that he thinks she's a really nice person. Yeah. Anyone would be lucky to have her as uh, their girlfriend. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. I think she needed that, too. too. Because there's so much where, and I feel like you might get this this from my side, too. Like, 
I trust you and I know you're always going to be honest with me, but I know you're also always on my side. Right. And to have it come from someone who's not always on your side and isn't obligated to be on your side, sometimes that means a lot too. Definitely. You know, where it's like, you're not usually nice to me. Right. Or you're usually really gross and you're being nice. That sometimes can be the kick in the ass you need a little bit. Yeah. You know? Well, number one, um, thank you. I'm glad that you said that. I appreciate it. And (laughs) always on your side. Number two, uh, yeah, Tom, I I like that line, what you like basically summing up what you said about, you know, and saying, I like Tom with a girlfriend. You know what I mean? It definitely changes Mm -hmm. his personality a tiny bit and his characters and gives him some perspective because there are some people that will, you know, you grow with as you go, as Ben Platt says in his song, (laughs) which if anyone's familiar. Um, But yeah, that's really interesting. Also, this is a scene that was cut. This was not in the original mm. airing. I thought that was so okay. sad because this I might have is a great I scene. might have only been watching Parks and Rec on Netflix then. Maybe so. For this season. Maybe so. Because I don't think I've ever seen it without this scene. Huh. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know when they released the producer's cut or how that all worked of like maybe when they went to streaming, they released it, everything. I'm not really sure. But yeah, that's so wild, though. Like, I'm so glad that we get to see that because without it, I I mean, it doesn't really take away from the story necessarily. But I think that's such a nice moment for us to see um, Tom uh, be like a good person for a brief second, even though, yeah, uh, you know, are are you serious, uh, though? Because I could talk to uh, Lucy about a three way situation. (laughs) <laughs> yeah oh, buddy. also i have a fun thing in the commentary Aubrey plaza um aka april says that they did i say Aubrey? i don't know yeah aubrey plaza <laughs> I, I know who you were talking about aka april was saying that um when that scene comes up she's like see they're gonna end up together and everybody's like tom and ann and so it was before they made that decision i think which is so wild i wanted you to hear um the commentary clip really fast because i think it's really interesting great scene between Aziz and rashida that we sadly had to cut because i definitely talked to lucy about a three-way situation unbelievable (laughs) see they're gonna end up together (laughs) tom and ann yeah tom and ann Okay, let's laying that foundation. Tom's changing. Anne's changing. Well, we've had this idea for a long time that maybe we'll do someday, which is that when they're both single, that Tom keeps hitting on Anne, and eventually Anne just goes, all right, let's do this, and they go right. out on a date right. and have, like, a really awesome date. Right. Yeah. And at the end of it, Tom's like, yeah, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want the, the last scene of the date to be like, Anne goes in for a kiss, and, and Tom just cheeks her. Boom. <laughs> Nick, you made it interesting. So that's so I um, love I love this. I love hearing them all together. Me too. It's so nice to hear them talk about it. Oh my gosh. But yeah, that's so fascinating that we kinda like hear the origin slash like ideas that they were tossing around and they didn't know mm-hmm. kind of that they were gonna get together or like be together briefly. Which I think yeah. that I don't know. From what I'm hearing, it sounds like it was a mess from the beginning. You know what I mean? Like either way, yeah. that situation was not going to really work out, but it would just be yeah. fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we I don't think it checks out character wise no. that they would end up together anyway. No, but it. yeah, I just think it's really funny. So, yeah, it is nice to hear them all together. That was Mike Sure, by the way, at the beginning of the clip, if anyone was unfamiliar. Um, 
So now we're back at the office uh, at the meeting and Ben says, let's talk about Parks and Rec budget. And Chris is giving a massage to Ron while he's talking. And um, right at the end of that clip that I just played, it said uh, Amy Poehler was cut off. I cut it off. And she says, um, she says, Nick, you made a really interesting point. Blah, blah, blah. And it was that. Nick says on the commentary, it's funny because he noted that this was his first scene with two guys on the show, like just a scene with two guys. And mm. I guess I need to fact check that. But it does make sense because maybe he didn't have any scenes with like just Tom and Jerry or just Mark and Tom or whatever. You know he, what I mean? He's had some just with Andy, but I don't right. know if there, it's but ever just one been guy. two guys. He was saying two right. guys. Right. You know, so very yeah. fascinating. Um, Weird that it's only Chris and Ron in the massage train i know like, right why did we not hell? include other people he was like i'll was be the weird. caboose <laughs> yeah Oy. and now they're talking about cutting leslie nope oh my god also like seriously this is i have a problem with this not because i only love not only because i love leslie but because ben's met leslie and he's had meetings with her yeah seriously i know and Dude. he knows too but see that's the thing like he just doesn't get it yet yeah. Which is so fucking annoying because you should get it by now. We've told you 800,000 times, but whatever. Well, and I think the other thing that like Ron could get to at some point telling him is Leslie would take a pay cut in a second right. to keep her job. I was thinking to that too. Open. I have that as a note as well. I'm like, well, couldn't they have lowered somebody's salary even though that really sucks? Like, couldn't that have been yeah. like, instead of cutting them out completely? Would, yeah. And when yeah, he says like she, she makes one of the highest salaries, like it would go a long way. I mean, yeah. you don't get it. And like, mm-hmm. also, logistically, she is the one who runs it, who runs the parks department. And Ron says that. Yeah. He says, I'm, I, fire me. And yeah. I do understand why Ben wants to keep him, right? Because his mindset will help keep them fiscally responsible. Yeah. But I don't, I don't get this, this Leslie situation. Right. I Which don't. is like, <sighs> it's so. She's a, she is the Tom Brady of the parks department. She would. Because I don't know if you know this, but Tom Brady has asked for like he for not getting more money or will take less money in order to get better players to pass to. Interesting. Like okay, he will take pay cuts that. for that. And so I, I she one hundred percent would do that to be able to keep running things for the parks department. She would we she would take a pay cut. Yeah, 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 yeah. I um, yeah. I just I I can't wrap my head around it. And it also says um. Well, it is really special, first of all, that Ron says, like, no other department has a Leslie Nope to begin with. Like, mm-hmm. When Ben says that they're cu- every department is cutting a Leslie Nope. And that, yeah. And Ron's like, that's just Accurate. not true. Yeah. You know, which is so true. true. So he, this is his, like, redeeming arc moment. Um, right. But his teddy bear moment. He's fighting for her. But I do like that Ron says, you know, let's just cut me. You know, I, and, yeah. and they said that on the commentary, too, that Mike Sher was like, it's really interesting that um, like his uh, what you call it, um, like crap, what were like Aristotle and Galileo philosophy philosophy? Yes. They were saying that his like ph- uh, philosophy was his moral standpoint. This was a really good character moment for him to be like philosophical. Yeah. So 100 percent. But anyway, so now we're back with this is when we go back to uh, Andy and April uh, and reverse I, psychiatry. Yeah. Can I say something yes, for a please. second, though? Why Why is his idea to sell the zoo animals? And why did he not choose that maybe just let's sell them to another zoo? Another zoo. Not a cosmetology lab oh or my God. a restaurant. That's so true. My dude. 
Yeah. I was like, there are other options. I don't know why that was the first thing you went to. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yes. I love this, so the sexy. reverse psychiatry, because that's, first of all, that's not the phrase, and psychology right. and psychiatry are different. <laughs> yeah. Well, Aubrey so. Plaza said that this was improvised, but Pratt couldn't remember, so I don't know. That's funny. I could see either one. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. So. That's great. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. And then they also talk about the spy shots in here, um, because, mm. and I didn't really catch it until the commentary, um, to be honest with you, um, because you can see, like, the trees and the leaves and stuff, like, in the shot of the frame where, like, it's like the camera's hiding behind a, a bush or something. And mm-hmm. it, it's perfect, really, because Mike Sure also said the rule was that the more intimate the scene, the further away the cameras have to be. And that is so profound. I love that because just like Jim and Pam's like I love you moment at the casino or their engagement, that's they're way for the cameras are way further away. So I love that that's a rule. Yeah, I like that as well. Yeah. And also um, Adam Scott said that this was uh, a.k.a. Ben said that this was his first time like many people, um, I think anyway, that this was his first time acting with uh, three cameras that like sometimes you just couldn't see. Uh, And so it was like Mm -hmm. really interesting and like weird for him to do that. But and they were all kind of talking about it and they were saying it kind of makes your acting better. Not only because I think Amy was saying this to like as in the camera's not as close, so you can't really see that they're acting anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the second part is that, like, uh, Rashida was saying that in some scenes, like, if they're inside an office where they're doing a spy shot, like, there are some times when you literally cannot see the camera at all. So they're really just in there with each other, like a play, you know, and, like, no right. with no audience, nothing. So it's really interesting because that's, I feel, when you the acting would really come out because then you're not perf- you're not performing at all. You're just doing it. Right. Okay. So, um, oh, yeah. So now we're back where, uh, with April and Andy. And I thought it was really refreshing to, that Andy said out loud to her face, like, I like you. Like, whoa, mm-hmm. we're not in that culture, really, to do that. So, And mm-hmm. also, even though he saw her with John Ralphio, he's still trying. And she immediately says yes when uh, he asks her if she likes him. But she thinks he likes Anne still. And um, like you said, I really like that she says that. Uh, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. now we're at where Ron is spilling the beans about Leslie hosting the concert for the kids. I was like, dude. And you can see you it on his face too. He's that. like, when Ben says uh, <laughs> she's doing what? Also, this is uh, Ron comes in running, He's <laughs> which is hilarious. This meme. I use this meme all the time. <laughs> I love it. It's my favorite. It's hilarious. The first time I saw this episode, I'm pretty sure I rewound it like 10 times. It's so, so good. I do need to clear up a few things because um, a lot of people think this is improvised. It was not improvised, um, It, but it also wasn't in the script. So it wasn't in the script, but it was not an accident. Let's put it that way. So he didn't okay. just like randomly fall. He thought about it and the he talked to the writers and, and like whatever, the director or whatever about it. I don't think he talked to the writers about it. I mean, the directors, but he thought about it on the day of and decided to do it. And he did it a lot of times, but people thought it was an accident. Um, and they were like, oh my God, did they just like leave that in there? But no, he planned to do that. So it was so good. It's my favorite. It's one of my favorites. I know. I'm going to have to Google that in the next time I send a meme. But uh, it's been a really strange day for me. I love that line. <laughs> like, yes, 
I've been fighting for government jobs, like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. It's been a really strange day for me. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, we get a little insight here into Ben and Chris's working relationship, because like I said, I think in this episode, we get to see that Chris has no idea he's giving them false hope. Like, he truly believes he can save everything, mm-hmm. even though, like, it's really shitty that he can't um, or doesn't. And um, I love Leslie's speech to Ben here, too, where she's like, everything like it. No, it's not canceled. OK, because everything was donated by local vendors. I like when Ben uh, when Chris is like up on stage and says, like, you know, Chris or, or Ben, what can we do? And Ben's like, yeah, we're shutting it down. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. get out of here. So here's the thing, though. It's not canceled. That's one of my fave lines, too. Yeah, um, I like that. Also, were Ray-Bans a sponsor of this? Like, I don't know, but that that's boss when they walk in like that. Yeah, it's really, um, to me personally, I was like, who are these motherfuckers? They look so <laughs> different from everyone else. They're the only ones wearing the sunglasses. Why are they being so cocky about it? Like, they don't need to, like, no one it's else is wearing It's a great wardrobe cho- choice. Great wardrobe choice, truly. It's really funny because that's something that they did mention um, that you picked up on that uh, on the commentary they say that, like, uh, I think Amy Poehler mentioned this. Like, it was really interesting that they came in looking like the big city folk and everybody else mm-hmm. was like, you know, the regular old townspeople. Um, and then, <laughs> which is great. I think that really draws a line between them, which is so necessary. Yeah. Um, and it was just a pair of sunglasses, which was great. Um, also, it was well, funny. they're still on two different teams, right? Right. Like, we get to a point where Chris and Ben are team Pawnee. Yes, definitely. But we're not there yet. But not now. Not at all. Yeah. Also, it was funny because Adam Scott on the commentary said that they looked like uh, the FBI guys in E.T. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Really? Yeah, and kind of like Men in Blacky. Yeah, I was gonna say Men in Black too, for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so then we find out that Freddie Spaghetti took another gig when he found out that you know this one was canceled, and at a library, I'm not even mad at him. I know. I mean, I'm kind of mad about the library, but I mean, as musicians, like you lose a gig, you got to make another one, yeah. man. Like, I don't- yeah, you got to take your pay where you can get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Um, Tom says that's the worst place he could imagine. It's a library. How dare you, Freddie Spaghetti? It's fine, but not really. So then, oh, I was going to say, Rob Lowe giving Ben uh, the water and saying, like, you should hydrate. That was improvised. He just kind of <gasps> did that. Nice. So I think that's, that's wonderful. so Chris-like. It totally is. So cool. Uh, he also, uh, well, from my research, they didn't say this on the commentary, but I found that he also uh, improvised clapping when Leslie gets up on stage and says, if you're happy and you know it when you sit like, clap your hands. And he's the only one that claps. <laughs> well, luckily, they had him in the shot. I Damn. know, right? That's um, awesome. So good. I, I have this little right here when Leslie goes, Freddie Mc- Spaghetti might not sing. And she takes everybody off to the side, right? Yeah. And that's when Chris says hydrate. Yeah. Ron doesn't know his place. He's like kind of pacing back and Ooh. forth between Ben, behind Ben and Chris. Good catch. He's like just, he's kind of just doing this situation. Yeah. Like, oh, where do I go? Right. Because he came in with the big guys, but he's not on their team. Right. But he also hasn't helped plan anything. Right. So he's kind of like, where do I fit now? But he came you know? in like technically for the Pawnee team because he was right. telling uh, them about the big guys. But he was originally on the big guys team. That's a great point. Love that. So now he's lost. Um. Then le- then we've got Leslie asking Andy to play. And Andy is like, I don't feel like playing. Also, this is really funny because we're changing sex hair into pickle hair. Andy loves it. But also it's interesting yep. because this is not the first or not the only time. This is the first time. But it's not the only time we try to change sex hair into a kid's song. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. It's so funny. You got you pickle hair, they they baby. Said we- <laughs> 
They probably were like, all right, that was one of the 500 we have that were good. Yeah. So we got to bring it back later. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Amy Poehler on the commentary said that her son Archie was on set this day and they had uh-huh. a rooster that would like cock-a-doodle-doo, basically. And every time they would call action, the uh, rooster would do the sound and then Archie would imitate it. And there was like five sets or five takes where he was like caught on camera doing that and i was like oh my god that's so cute i'm sure it was like frustrating for the uh, crew but that's so cute you just time it though you're like okay i know there's gonna be a rooster and then i know archie's gonna go and then (laughs) now we go (laughs) right exactly (laughs) oh my god and then we've got this awful moment when andy crashes his motorcycle Mm Hmm. so it surprises me that leslie isn't one of the first people running i know she's more like oh shit right now what Right. Mm -hmm. And everyone else is running toward him. That's so true. She's just more taken aback. She's got too much stuff like on her mind. She's got a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first take. They did it twice. And that was the first take. Amazing. Good job, dude. Oh, so good. I had to also rewind and see if there was like a stop sign or anything because I was like, you know, what were the logistics of that? But again, can't get too deep. But I did rewind and it doesn't look like it was. It just looks like he ran out in front of a car that was already going, basically. Mm. It was so good. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Amy on the commentary shouted out Tom, uh, which was a not Tom Haverford, but Tom, the uh, camera operator and Shauna, the camera operator. She was like, we have some of the best ones, best camera operators that because that shot did really look phenomenal it really Mm -hmm. did um yeah i did email shauna about this shot so we'll see if she gets back to me she's usually pretty good at emailing but i know she's super busy so i'll keep you posted um and then joe Bacaro. okay so i did a deep dive on him he is the stunt guy uh he for whatever reason is not listed on imdb under this episode uh he has an imdb but i thought there's a stunt coordinator for the show called sean graham Mm -hmm. who uh was you know a part of the show but for some reason joe Bacaro is not the reason i know that he was on this is because andy uh and mike sure uh so pratt and mike sure talked about him and uh he's done so many things he's done once upon a time in hollywood iron man pirates of the caribbean like He's the, he's a big, big stunt guy in Hollywood. So wow. it's really amazing that they got him. And like I said, it all started with him falling down the pit. And then they were like, oh, my God, that guy does motorcycle uh, stunts. we got to get him to do one. Um, yeah. And he was nominated. Joe Bacaro was nominated for a SAG Award for Ford v. Ferrari. So he was in that. And six other awards. Side note, Taurus Awards are what you win at the World Stunt Awards, which, by the way, is an award ceremony for stunts. And I'm so glad that they have that. Uh, I'm glad, too. I had no idea. Me neither. I think that's incredible and so wonderful because they really need to get the recognition that they deserve. It's insane. Yeah, Um, true. It's a, They're putting it's their just life insane. on the line, man. Literally. Okay, Joe Picaro was nominated for Best Fire Stunt twice for two different movies. Like, that's insane. <laughs> Such respect. Yeah, no They're thanks. setting themselves on fire. Yeah. I no mean, thanks. I know they have like protection or whatever, but like you can die. <laughs> yeah. If something goes wrong, you could very well die. Yeah. Anyway, so now I'm at the hospital. Okay. And that um, sounds. Yeah, I'm definitely there. Okay. Uh, we find out that he has two broken bones in his arm and four in his right hand. That's like a lot. That's a lot. And <laughs> does he have a cast after this? Or is there it enough time sling. between season two and season three that. Oh, he doesn't have it at the beginning of season I three. Even, I don't think he has it. I don't think uh, we'll have to we'll have to keep an recap eye on that. Recap moment. Yes, recap moment for sure. Because I really don't know. Um, yeah. I love that. I love that. Oh, go ahead. 
<laughs> I was just gonna say I love that Leslie's still brainstorming in this moment. She's like, "Can Rat Mouse play without you?" And he goes, "I mean, they've tried before, and they're Mouse Rat, and it, it's you really mean the bad." Other way and around. An- can Mouse yeah. Rat play without you? And then he was yeah. like, "They're called Rat Mouse, and they're awful." Yeah, and Anne's nodding in agreement, like she was there when they tried it. I noted that too. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Um, and kind of like a little bit of a foreshadowing of what we're going to see later. Mm-hmm. But um, the show must go wrong. The show must go wrong. I love that so much. I actually think that I should take that into like my life anyway. You know what I mean? Like you just yeah, got to keep going on. Everything goes wrong. You just have to deal with it is what he says. Yeah. <laughs> I also love that he says that's the side that hurts. When he- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do too. I love Dr. Harris. Me too. too. Oh my He's God. just so blatantly like yeah i'll just advance medical uh technology 30 years he's like okay great okay great <laughs> yes is there any way you can fix me within the next 10 minutes oh my gosh yeah mike sure mentioned him on the commentary as well and said that he really loves that he just comes in to insult everybody and then leaves <laughs> yep that's basically his job yep 100 percent. so dr harris a friendly reminder we've seen him uh before in rock show and pachitis and dr harris play is played by cooper thornton which by the way is um from nashville so that's exciting i did mention that mm-hmm. when we reviewed him the first time um also that was the pachitis was the one that nicole pettis our nurse friend of ann's was also in so that's kind of cool because mm-hmm. you know they were playing doctors uh in like they were dressed as doctors for Halloween, which was really funny um, and not funny at the same time, but funny for the show. <laughs> but he played yeah. um, a doctor in Gone Girl, which is interesting um, because, you know, he plays another doctor somewhere. So but he's always Dr. Harris to us. Yes, 100 um, percent. And then, yeah, this. Uh, OK, now I'm back at the park, if you are. Yeah. And I don't know how they made such an elaborate sign to go back okay I literally, that's my next thing maddie i literally yeah. wrote set decoration was amazing yeah 100 percent. there's like a drawing of kids yes. in a park chilling yeah and like behind yeah. him it's, it's like beautiful. these cartoon kind of things where they're like playing kid uh instruments and stuff is that the one you're talking about yeah. like behind the stage yeah 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 but i also it's love huge. that it's not so it's huge but i also don't think I think it was very well done because it wasn't, it's beautiful, but it's not so well done where it looks like they paid someone to do Definitely. it. It looks like the parks got, the parks department got together and did it themselves. Oh, that's a great point. I agree. I think that is so true. I have it highlighted now because I, um, I really want to talk to somebody on the art department. I think that would be so mm-hmm. cool because just like they said, the, all the sets and stuff are also art department too, like setting up the hospital right. and the town hall and all that. So Yeah. Definitely would love that. Down for it. Um, Renata Ricotta is the name that Leslie comes up with. That's so smart to me. It's so good. Yeah. I love it. And so she got too extras. dark, though. You said what? She got way too dark. Oh, yeah. There was sauce, sauce everywhere. Every- she I'm like, her noodle. She- yeah, there no. Sauce let's- everywhere. <laughs> you should have stopped it, bumped the noodle. That was funny. And now we're, uh, this is a kid's program. Yes. When she says that, they zoom in on these two kids, which is so freaking hilarious. <laughs> They're just kind of like staring well at her. Um, yeah. There's so many extras in here. Super crowded. I'm going to read the names of the people who were listed on IMDb as kids. Okay. They were listed as park kids or green park kids. I don't know what the difference is. Weird. Okay. I'm pretty positive that what happened was the kids themselves or their parents who are managing their IMDb like wrote this 
in kind of thing. So no one mm-hmm. really knew if it was Park Kid or Green Park Kid or whatever, but they just made up their okay. own name. But one was Va- Veronica Avila, Jade Holden, Destiny Mason, and Julia Mazzucato. So if any of you guys what are listening. What a cool last name. I know. Mazzucato. It goes with the Italian <laughs> Ling- Linguini Renata Ricotta moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so if any of you guys know those names, let us know. We'd be happy to talk to them. But if not, thank you for your service and your time on the show because there were so many fucking extras. It's insane. Yeah, it is insane. <laughs> and it looked great. It looked great. Mm-hmm. Like people turned out for this. Yeah, 100%. And then this is when she starts singing, if you're happy and you know it. <laughs> My literal next note is fucking Chris. And I know exactly what I mean by that. Yes. It's <laughs> the clapping. Fucking <laughs> uh, Chris. Yeah. So funny. Um, yeah. So this is where our friend Brian McCann play- comes on um, and says his funny line. Freddy Spaghetti shows up and says, all I know is this guy showed up and made me a much better offer. And I'm all about the money, baby. All about the money, baby. <laughs> all about the money, baby. That was kind of my a little different favorite line, too. I don't know. I can't decide. Whatever. No, it's beautiful. I We get our little moment with Ben. Yeah. You know, oh, I love it. Yeah, totally. Also, um, this little smile moment. But Amy said there was a bunch of like weird perverted stuff that Freddy Spaghetti was singing about in like the cut scene. So Brian McCann was like improvising and making up stuff. And he's amazing. I know. He was like singing about meeting kids' moms and like paying his ex wife too much alimony. (laughs) (laughs) And then it would get like really dark. So you think that Leslie got dark with the sauce. That was. That was uh, pretty, pretty gentle. Yeah, that was gentle compared to what Freddie did. Um, but yeah, Ben paid for him. I can't believe that did that. And then yeah. now I'm at the turkey leg and we'll go back to Ben and um, Leslie's conversation in a moment. But the turkey leg. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, no, I have the turkey leg and I have um, Lucy almost seems like a female Ron to me a little mm. bit. Not as extreme. No. But, you know, she's got the tough handshake. She's right. like, damn, that's cool meat. Yeah. Like my dad always told me, yeah. you know, she's connecting with him. I really like this moment. And I love that they call that turkey leg a Swanson. We actually have a restaurant here in Prescott. And it's one of my favorites called um, Liquor Deli. Mm. And um, it's it's awesome. It's like actually like you go in and you can you can grab a beer from the it's like a liquor store. Yeah. But you can grab a beer and they'll open it for you at your table and you can just straight up like go pick your beer that way. Oh, nice. And eat, eat dinner or whatever. And um, they have a burger there named the Ron Swanson burger. No way. Yeah. It's super cool. Does it we have get bacon it on it? It does. Oh, my God. Of course. Yes, of course it does. That's so cool. yeah. I bet it has like that's what it made me think of on it. <laughs> It's it's pretty great. It's actually not as it doesn't it's not as crazy as I thought it would be, mm-hmm. but it, it's it's a good burger. It's we get meat, it all the time. And that's what Ron loves. <laughs> Correct. I wanted to mention really fast too that um I totally forgot to say Freddy Spaghetti's wearing this red shirt over his yellow shirt and it really mm-hmm. made me think of like ketchup and mustard and I wonder if that was intentional. Could be. Because of be. like kids and their you know, those condiments on literally everything, like chicken nuggets and burgers and all that yeah. stuff. <laughs> But it also yeah. could just be because it's bright colors. Also, he's wearing a headset mic and the regular yeah. mic is also on. And I think there would be frequency feedback there, but I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. That's a good catch. Um, So apparently, back to this turkey leg, they had the turkey leg. Uh, that was intentional. And then there was a guy named Brian in props that said, hey, want to wrap some bacon around that? This is on the commentary that Nick was talking about. And then it happened. So go props. That's amazing. Nice. The bacon was not Love in the script. It. And then cool. the director, Jason Wollner, said to call it a Swanson. So that was his idea. 
Beautiful. Also, shout out to this uh, fellow named Patrick Well, who apparently played the turkey leg vendor that was listed on IMDb. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> we don't see him in the shot, but <laughs> yeah, he probably he probably did the he same got thing. Credit added for his it. name in. He said what? Yeah. He got credit for it. So. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And then we, um, yes, we meet the Lucy, uh, the Lucy. We have the Lucy moment, um, and Lucy meets Ron. And yeah, I think um, they just kind of like maybe understand each other because I don't say, yeah, like you said, I don't think that she's as extreme, nor does she like probably believe all the things that he does, but she just like was raised around a guy like him so she can get, she can get his yeah, and vibe. She, she's not as extravagant as Tom. And I think that's what mellows him out a little bit. Yeah. Very true. Very, she's very down to earth and very. Where is Mona Lisa later? That's just a <laughs> hot God. fucking mess. Too much of the same. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. And also, this is when like maybe Mona Lisa would have like been good for Tom at this moment, but Tom at that point is more mellow slash like you know trying to be an true. adult. <laughs> you know. True. Yeah. One hundred percent. So, uh, I love this song that he sings. It was an itty bitty teeny weeny yellow polka dot linguini that she had for the first time. Yeah, it's so good. It's so fun. Apparently, they came up. They were trying to come up on set that day with all the different like puns and stuff. Like later, they say Penny and the Jets. Penny and the Jets. And I wondered how many there were of those. Oh, beautiful! I know. I don't know how many there were, though. They didn't say. Is that what you asked? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, also, I wanted to say, this is random, but behind Ron at the food truck, there's a Heinz and scratched out, like the Heinz is scratched out on the uh, truck, like on the food truck. It's like a mustard uh, bottle. Huh. And so I think somebody took a Sharpie to it for legal reasons. So that was just a catch that I had for all my background people. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Next scene, we're at the hospital. Yep. I'm at it. And we have this little moment between Anne and Andy. And I mean, she just, she goes for it. I feel so bad for Anne. This is so embarrassing. (laughs) Yeah, I know it's so embarrassing. But the other thing I have with, and I know Andy really likes April, Mm -hmm. but he like is almost excited. Yeah. That she's come back to him. Like the look on his face. For a brief second. Yeah, it is a brief second. You're right. But he does go. Like you and did then, that yeah. for me. I was. It was more of like, oh, you fucked up. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's fair. You That's know, fair. I can see that too. Yeah. But also, you could tell that you really know that Andy doesn't like love her anymore yeah. because he pulls That's away clear. first. Yeah. If you if you yeah. really watch it, I did rewind it because I was a nerd and I was like, oh, he pulled away first. Like he didn't stay in the kiss. I think he liked it right. for the first second. Obviously, what guy wouldn't? But I think it's. I I think it's almost closure for him because he spent so long yeah trying to get Anne back yeah and so it's almost like this she okay yeah she fucking did want me back she you know i've kind of we've kind of met in the middle here or whatever yeah you know? and now he's over some it. sort of closure yeah. yeah yeah for me that that like little pointing thing when he was like oh gasping it was more of like oh like you you were the fuck up this time yeah (laughs) but uh yeah and so next we've got um oh i wanted to say before i move on back to the concert Mm -hmm. mike sure said on the commentary that they wanted this kiss like situation to be very delicate because they didn't want either of them to look like jerks like one kissing the other even though he likes somebody else and then one kissing or or, a a, too many a's names and kissing andy (laughs) even though April likes him. You know what I mean? So they just said right. that. And 
they just said that they were very delicate with it. And I think it worked well. I thought it was great. Yeah. I thought it worked yeah, really well. It was acted really well. Rashida Jones said that Chris Pratt had onions also and she tasted <laughs> it's so gross. Aww. Sorry to end Yuck. it with that nasty moment, but also why is she all of a sudden she was at the concert and now all of a sudden she's on shift. Yeah. This is what I have to say about this. Now she's at work. Like she's never at work in this fucking show. Yeah. And then yeah. now she's at work all of a sudden. Yeah. In the middle of the concert. Like you'd think she would have, you know, yeah, it would have been a day where she was there all day. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Well, maybe. Yeah, maybe she had a later shift or whatnot. Well, just like when we talk about um, why she was there in the morning time for after uh, April's birthday party at the parks department. You're like, wait a second. She didn't have to work, right. but maybe her why shift started later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, it was nice to see that. And yeah. as far as like her working. But um, also. They okay. Wait. So, are you back at the at the park? Back at um, I think it's uh, Ben and Leslie talking. Yes, he says uh, he's not a monster because like Leslie's like you know I that was really nice of you and he was like well I'm not a monster I want the kids to have their concert and in my head for a brief second I was like yes you are a monster at this point in time yes you are mm-hmm. I don't believe that you're not a monster yet okay. Well, mm. and I think she does a great thing redirecting him and saying yeah. Can you just can you just step back for a second and enjoy the fact that you've you've given someone a service? She is one hundred percent in this job for the right reasons. Yeah, and you see it throughout this this episode. Right, she's getting no benefit out of this other than the fact that she is serving her community. Absolutely, yeah. Which, like, I gotta say, you guys, as much as I would love to be Leslie Nope, like this is a character, okay? And you can't mm-hmm. give all of eight thousand percent every single day. You can give a lot. Yeah. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But if, if she was a real person, that person would be burned out 24-7. Oh, my God. All the time. <laughs> yeah. But this like, is I feel like, like I do. Yeah. I think this her. is why we're so burned out. All the yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, truly. So. That's accurate. And we were talking about, I don't think we recorded this part, but we were talking about at your job where, like, you could take it down, like, to 90%. But for us, that's, like, 100%. Because right now we're yeah. giving 150. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, all right. So yes, we're back at there. Um, there's a special moment, big, and also he says that this is first of all we just have to point out this, which we've said it, but we just have to really lay down that this is like the start. Okay, this is when they're smiling at each other, mm-hmm. they're goofing around. Um, he says biggest service was getting you to stop singing. Cause yes, oh, I love that line. It's so cute. And then she says, like you said, just you know. Just enjoy that you did this for the people. Now, I do want to I want to sh- share another um, commentary moment because it was so cute that they were talking about Ben and Leslie's um, like future. What's going to happen with these two? I don't know. Who knows? Because I'm into it. I'm so into it. Enjoy the fact that you provided a service for people. Not a cut. Mm-hmm. Service. Mm-hmm. And they love it. That's a really nice moment for us. This service was getting you to stop singing. Mm, yeah. Boy, it's easy. They like it. That's <laughs> <laughs> what my mom said. <laughs> oh, that made oh. me laugh so hard when I was watching it the first time. When boys tease you, they like you. <laughs> That's what my mom said. <laughs> I love her. I love Amy Poehler so much. It's so funny. 
So now we've got Lucy asking if she wants to go to Ann's house to do some stuff. He runs so fast. Yeah. Again, this is like, they said, they kind of talked about this in the commentary a little bit too, but I, I, I like was thinking this before that where like both Chris and Tom have like wildly weird running like quickly moments. You know what I mean? But at least, okay. I mean, I get it. If you like running all the time for 10 miles every day or whatever, or however long you run every day. But um, at least Tom is like running to something. <laughs> like to something pleasurable. Yeah. <laughs> every time I tell Ivan, every time, because I like to run. It's one of my like mental health things. Definitely. And, it, like, and I fully I, support I, slash thing. get that. No. Yeah. And you've always been supportive of that. But and Ivan supports it, too. But he always makes this joke. I'm like, do you want to go on a run with me? And he goes, from what? <laughs> That's funny. That's like yeah, a dad joke. So, yeah, he makes fun of me a lot. He's like, why are we running if we're not running from something or to something? Oh, so, yeah. 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 But yeah, anyway, I wish I was I one of those comment. people that loved running as a mental health thing because I, I mm-hmm. the endorphins and it's a full body workout, but can't do it. Yeah, but that's okay. No. I I support people that do, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Everybody has their own thing for sure. Yeah, and I'm also um, glad that we got to see um this uh running at the beginning because apparently, hmm, is it this one? I have it written that this little scene also got cut in the original airing. Uh, mm. I think it did actually. I think it was just the her. Yes, it was. Ju- I think. I'll have to go back and check for sure. You guys, I'm pretty positive that, that I'm saying this right. But um, I think it was just her saying, like, do you want to go back to Anne's house? I think it was just that line and then him running got cut. Okay. But like the later part when Chris Jager actually goes in, like that's that so good. Was I have that written too. It's so funny. Um, and then, oh my gosh, then April's visiting. April visits Andy in the hospital. And she yep, said she's changed her mind. Yes. She was like, what I said was crazy because you know how the, she's doing that thing where she's like, oh, my God, you're hurt. And I could have lost you. So, like, I don't want to miss my chance. Yeah. And then they kiss. And then I do love that he's being honest with her. I do. He does the right thing. He, he does. 100% does the right thing. And yeah. she runs out the door. Oh, she doesn't April. even wait. April. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> It's so good. And the nurse's face, oh whoever that actress is, when she gives the facial expression, when he's like, I swear to God, dude, you better not kiss me. <laughs> I love this lady. I tried to find who she was. I couldn't find it. So she must have been an extra or maybe she just wasn't mm-hmm. credited because she didn't have any lines or whatever. But yeah. I loved her. She w- she made me laugh out loud, especially like was when perfect. her glasses are down and she's just staring at him. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, why would you think she's that perfect. I want to kiss you? Right. <laughs> Apparently, a couple things. They did do a couple takes where, or maybe it was just one take where Opry Plaza said that she punched Chris Pratt on the arm, like instead of just running out. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so well, glad they didn't show that. That would have been bad for me to see. Um, yeah. And then, and then Pratt said that he kissed this nurse in one of the takes. I don't know if that <gasps> was a joke, but he definitely said he did. And I was like, that's hilarious. Oh my God. I'm just going to imagine that that happened, even though, like, I hope that it was consensual. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure it was. But or he prepped her at least. Yeah, that he prepped her. Oh my God. Because it doesn't really make sense because she was kind of far away. So I don't see how yeah. that could have happened like in real time unless they talked about it beforehand. But whatever. Um. So yeah, I thought that was so funny though. This nurse is perfect. Dude, don't even think about kissing me. That was the line. <laughs> I love it. 
Um, now I'm at where Chris comes in to try to talk to Anne, and then we mm-hmm. see we don't hear, or I mean, we don't see, we just hear Tom and Lucy. What are you doing? Get out of here! I love that. I love that technique. And then Rip, yeah. Chris just comes back out whistling like nothing happened. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's so good. And then I'm at where Leslie's taking talking to this little girl um, named Chelsea, asking what her favorite song is, and that's where we learn about the Penny and Jets. Penny and the Jets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Props to uh, her. Uh, to Amy Poehler for coming up with that. And this mm-hmm. kid's name is Izzy Eggerling. So okay. good job, Izzy. You know what I mean? The parent's name is mm-hmm. Emily Adams. She's been in Day of Our Lives, Silicon Valley, ER, among many others. So great job to Emily as well. Nice. Emily messaged me back as well. Uh, so thank you so much. And I'm just going to read her email because uh, it was in typing form, not voice memo form. So obviously I asked her what her audition was like and if she remembers if it was the same size, uh, same sides rather. And she said, I remember my audition being pretty quick and simple. I read directly with the casting director, went in and did my lines once through. I didn't have a callback and was cast from that first audition, which I remember being surprising and cool. I dug back into my emails and the sides were roughly the same for the audition, but were trimmed up a little for the final script. So she actually, that's amazing that she went back into her emails, but the audition uh, side said, really, Leslie, thank you. You're such a lifesaver. With all the parks closed, we've been going crazy. And in the show, it said, thank you all so much. With all the parks closed we've been going crazy so instead of saying she's a lifesaver she just said thank you so much so that's really interesting those little tiny details I love hearing that uh the second question was what was her day on set like and did she have uh or what was it like to have a scene with Amy Poehler and she said she writes my day on set was fairly uneventful <laughs> spent most of the day in slash at my trailer which was parked at base camp a couple blocks away from the shooting location in Van Nuys I am ashamed to admit that I hadn't really watched the show before I was cast so even though I was aware that I was riding to set in a van with most of the main stars of the show at the time I did not truly appreciate how cool it was to be in a van with Ron Tom Jerry and Donna I kicked myself after the fact when I became a huge fan of the show all caps huge and realized how stupid I was for not recognizing that I was in the presence of greatness Uh, they were all very nice but I politely kept to myself and didn't try to insert myself into any conversations they were having amongst themselves Amy Poehler was already on set when I arrived I was aware of how cool it was to be shooting a scene with her she was also very nice but all business our scene was towards the end of the day and I remember there being a definite time crunch with needing to get the young actress who played my daughter wrapped by a certain time so the shooting Uh, So shooting the scene went by very quickly. We ran through it once for a rehearsal and then shot it a couple of times and that was it. We were done. We were whisked away back to base camp in the same van that brought us to set. And for those of you who don't know, um, if you are a child actor, you do have to only have a certain amount of time on set. So that is probably where that came from. Uh, The next question was... Uh, to Emily Adams was it cool to work with the gal who plays your daughter speaking of her uh, and she said she was very sweet we spent a little more time together hanging out at base camp since we were there most of the day before we shot our scene I think she was there with her mom and she had to do her schooling most of the day so again uh, if you're on set as a kid you do have to go to school a certain amount of hours and you can only work a certain amount of hours so that is uh, that makes a lot of sense and for those of you who aren't in the industry or like weren't super familiar with kids working and if you've like seen Disney shows yeah they're they're only allowed to work a certain amount of uh, hours and they also have to go to school uh, for a certain amount of time so they're on set in like a school trailer and there's a set teacher and uh, all that good stuff 
Um, which she didn't say any of that stuff. I was just filling you guys in. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, and then the last question was, anything else you'd like to share about the day? And she wrote, I think that's it. Parks and Rec is an awesome all caps show. Awesome all was in all caps. I'm a huge fan and feel very lucky to have had a small part in it. I'm wishing you and your podcast partner lots of success with your show. Thanks so much, M. So thank you, Emily, for sharing that with us. That's so cool to hear. Uh, We really uh, love hearing all of the information. It does sound like you're probably on base camp for the majority of the day, and then you come in and shoot your scene, and then you're done, Um, which is, you know, I think that's, for me personally, and I think Maddie would agree, that that's, like, so true, Uh, that, like, interesting that you spent all day, and then you just, like, have 30 minutes to, like, maybe two hours maximum, Um, which, uh, you know, that's how it goes. You it's that hurry up and wait kind of thing. <laughs> Be ready. But anyway, uh, that was fun. We really loved uh, Emily's performance and uh, Izzy's performance. So uh, thanks for sending that in. That's so cool to hear. And then Mark and Leslie have this moment. There is a great moment as far as him saying, um, if everyone in, in government was like you, I probably wouldn't quit. Um, yeah, I that's fair. love this little moment where they're wrapping everything up um Mm -hmm. on the commentary they mentioned it and they pointed it out that this is the same bench that they sat on in season one when they were trying to fill in the pit and he kissed her and it was weird at the end now they're filling out this season finale with wrapping it up a little bit more closure and there and he also mike sure mentioned that like in this one he respects her mark respects her a little bit more whereas i think in the last season he was not really seeing her as someone to like think of as an equal if you will Correct. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So which was like interesting because I wouldn't really have thought. I mean, I thought about the bench, but not really uh, not really like the respect part of it. You know what I mean? Which I think Mm -hmm. I'm glad that that was pointed out. Uh, And then they also mentioned that that bench sits in her office. And they said that in the reality of the show, they made it so that like she would have bought that bench out for them. But they know Mm -hmm. it was kind of a stretch. But like. Yeah, it was cute. Anyway. But it's it's a nice closing because totally. that's that's been their bench kind of. This was a great scene. Both of them performed yeah. it so well. The writing was perfect. I love that she gets him red tape and they're friends mm-hmm. now, I feel. And then he drew up some plans for the park. That was beautiful. Oh, so good. It was wonderful. She wanted a roller coaster and a shark tank <laughs> in the park. <laughs> yeah. I miss Mark. He was like, I couldn't get the roller coaster and the shark tank, but I think that this is a good start. A good start. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then, okay, so Dan Gore, I wanted to give this quote. Um, I liked the symmetry of having it play a critical and opposite role in this finale. Last year, they sat on the bench and kissed, and it seemed like they might be getting back together. This year, they sat on the bench and Mark kissed Leslie goodbye. I like that mm-hmm. last line. Yeah. You know? It's beautiful. Blo- yeah, closing it's beautiful. out with different kisses for different meanings. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Shows how much growth there is in a year. <sighs> yeah, exactly. A lot can happen in a year, and that's something that they said mm-hmm. on the commentary as well. Um, see, we would be friends with them. We could be on the commentary too. <laughs> 100%. We would fit in so well. Yes. Rashida got really emotional. She said, um, she said that they were both in the commentary and in the, uh, they said that they were doing an Emmy panel. Uh, her and Pratt were like looked at each other after the scene played. That was one of the clips that they played and they like had tears in their eyes because it was, it, uh-huh. it is emotional. I feel. Yeah. If you're really thinking about it the way that we are, as far as like how far these characters have come and like that Mark's not going to be with us any longer from, you know, he started out being this kind of like party boy, bro, frat guy, like, and then he moved on to like trying to be more serious and realizing what he needs to do to be happy. I'm just like, hmm, okay. Yeah. You know, 
I still can't really see Mark as like a frat boy, whatever dude, but I don't feel no. like he has that look, but I get it in a small town where he is like, he's very handsome for like having a small pool. <laughs> you know? yeah. I would definitely choose him over Tom and I'm sorry. <laughs> not yeah, for looks, not. but for personality. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not sorry. <sighs> so anyway, so this is where we get to our tag and she comes in and, um, Oh, I before I get there, I'm so sorry. Uh, I wanted to say Amy Poehler said on the commentary that it's a great representation of like them on the bench being like, look how far we've come. The pit's filled in. But now also look how much there is left to do. Right. Because here are the plans for. Exactly. And also like here's literally the red tape for both of yeah. us kind of in all these situations. Yeah. And the pit is filled in. But like. There's nothing there, you know, like right. the park isn't there that she wants and there's, yeah, and all the plans and stuff. So I think that all that symbolism was really beautifully done. And Very yeah, intentional. Super props to yeah. Amy and Paul. Yeah. So. I love now in this tag. Yes. I love that uh, Leslie has taken run spot. We do. And Ben's face, like he's accepting of it. It's you don't so think cute. he would be, but it's so he cute. Smiles. His face. Yeah. Oh, my it's God. Cute. And she says, shall we get started? I have so many ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so cute. And yep, you'll notice if you watch this episode that she has a better photo now that she's essential. And her mm-hmm. hair is up. It's so cute. Yeah, I like it. I love this outfit. Very precious. Yeah. Um, yeah. The second part of the tag. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're seeing Ron come in in his golf shirt. What a right? cliffhanger. Yes. Yeah. Also, Tom has a finds his picture uh, of Jamie Foxx. <laughs> so dumb. Um, as he said on the commentary that he was trying so hard to get in, Jamie Foxx in the show. And so he finally <laughs> did. But That's amazing. But yeah, so now Ron is in his Tiger Woods sex shirt. And then Wendy shows the hell up, kisses him. I'm not mad at Wendy. I'm just that my tone was not about that. My tone was more about like, oh, my God. I thought like, can we believe? I thought we yeah, I thought we were done. I thought we moved on from that. What now that what? Um, I absolutely loved uh, Lucy's like reaction to when she said to when he says that's my ex-wife and they cut so fast. She's like and turns her head like with her jaw dropped. (laughs) It was so great. Yeah. And then they also it's said so that um, they had Tiger Wood. They had this Tiger Woods joke before the sex scandal, so there was no like, yeah, discrepancy. That wasn't it. Wasn't fueled by that. Correct. Great way yeah. of putting it. Um, but yeah, so I love that we're seeing that was Freddie Spaghetti. Yay! Yay! And so end of season glad. two. End of season two. Uh, so exciting that we are finally seeing. Uh, Ben and Chris and as we're watching this like you know watching it again I am definitely like ooh what's gonna happen with Ben and Leslie like they're smiling at each other are mm-hmm. they but like are they gonna be it takes fucking forever though it man. takes so long because well that's yeah. I think I'm asking what's gonna happen but I truly like if I was watching this for the first time slash in the rewatch even I'm like well wait a second I don't know maybe they're just like getting maybe he's just like getting along with her finally and like not being such right. a dick you know what I mean like I don't know they look pretty those looks look pretty pretty loving mm-hmm. giving some smirky smile flirty flirts <laughs> love it 
Uh, awesome. Well, thank you guys for hanging out with us for so long. Um, mm-hmm. And we really appreciate it. And thank you for spending the first like 30-ish minutes um, talking with us about what's going on in our country. Don't forget that you can uh, text ACT, A-C-T, to the number 64433 and then text MARCH to 954954 uh, and get involved, get into it. And um, also, we this will probably... I think I'm going to go ahead and say that this will be the last episode for June. We're going to take a little Mm -hmm. bit of a break. um, And then we're going to come back in July once we figure out our schedules and everything. Um, And then we'll also give you a full report on Vegas. (laughs) Because by that time, by that time, it will have been over. Actually, by the time you hear this, we it will have been over, which is wild that we're in that time Mm -hmm. warp. Because I'm not. Yeah, we're not going to post the first week in June. It'll be the second week. So, um, yeah, well, if you haven't written a review or rated us yet, uh, please do that. Please also follow our Instagram. Thank you to um, Deb Hyatt and thank you to Deborah Pewitt for sending in amazing voice memos. We appreciate that so much. Go follow mm-hmm. um, Cash for Gold. And then I'll also tag Deb Hyatt as well. And thank you to Nicole Pettis and Claudia Choi and Emily Adams for sending in voice memos and emails and text messages and we just are so appreciative of that and are so excited to hear all the behind the scenes that you guys have to share thank you we'll see you soon we will see you soon guys have a great june and have a great um summer moment and um, we're thinking of you and um yeah write us a review please (laughs) please and thank you okay bye there's a park and some pals and there's also therapy too